Boot. Alright. And I've got levels. Make levels, Brian. Levels, levels. Alright, good. Job. Levels, Jerry. Good job. That's a sidebar reference that you probably don't understand. No, Jerry. I don't. I feel like you don't know me because you haven't watched Seinfeld. Oh, there are plenty of things I can reference to 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 to, to get you. I can reference community or 30 rock. You know me pretty deep, I will say. Either office you usually get. Um I don't know how to reference Severance for you. Otherwise, I would. I would you watched it. Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't come up organically. Well, I mean, that's fair. Yeah, I, I don't come up with a lot of Severance references. No, you don't. For as much as you, maybe because you just don't have the faith that anyone would get it. Well, there's that, and also we don't no have one on the planet. We don't have a naturally. We don't have a naturally like cultish dystopian work environment. That's either. probably good. If you so can reference Severance regularly in the workplace, I'd say yeah, that's a problem. You might have a questionable life. Yeah, there's an issue there. <laughs> Feel super prepared. Oh, God, yeah. Definitely ready. So Coming on strong after so episode prepared. 100. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We couldn't even remember what we did last week. And we're like, we should probably recap DC. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> there was so much in such a compressed period, but that was a week ago. Oh, God. All right. What did I do? <clears throat> oh, man. All right. You ready to do this? As ready as we're going to be today, right now, to do this? All right. Here we go. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 101 of the Goulet Pencast, where fountain pens are still a thing. I am Brian Goulet. I am Drew Brown. And we're here, back at Goulet Pens proper, to deliver this casual and informal, tangential and extraneous, superfluous and extemporaneous fountain pen show, where we talk about what's going on at the Goulet Pen Company and in our fountain pen lives. In today's show, we're going to be talking about our favorite teal inks. Hmm... Uh, if it's worth using your cheaper pens after you've gotten nicer ones, how do you go back? And differences between German, Japanese, and Italian pens. This sounds like a question you could answer very quickly, right? Absolutely. Mm. Not at all a deep dive. Mm. Uh, Sailor Ink Studio Hidden Gems. Curious your take on this one. I bet it has three numbers in it. And we're going to spotlight... Um, a rather amusing pen, I'll say, that was mentioned previously in the pen cast. We're not spotlighting a pen. Yeah, I thought we were. Oh, no. No. Sorry. Save that. We do have a pen that was mentioned in the pen cast that That's somebody right. gave me at the DC show. We were, we were going to mention the notebook, and then we were going to mention a pen. And we changed and it. And then we were going to mention just, we're just going to recap. We're like super on top of oh, things yeah. today. Um, no. Okay. So I previously updated notes that stay tuned for next week in next which week case we'll, we'll have do a one weird, of the other things we'll have a really weird pen to show you but we don't today even though i brought it but i'm not gonna take it out um i'm like a combination of on top of things but also not you're just on top of the wrong things <laughs> exactly <laughs> story of my life um okay we're gonna talk about the dc show in more detail because it's now completed and right. we we're going to try desperately have, to recall we've reflected a little events. more yeah and uh yeah so that's all that's happening today anyway we'll get through it but we'll start off with some feedback all right um break out your tissues for this one brian okay jazzy jp wrote in and said uh of the dc pen show and the pencast mm-hmm. live mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. attending this show live is undoubtedly one of the best experiences i have ever had Full of laughter, heartfelt emotions, smiles, the room had so much energy that simply cannot be captured on video. I've witnessed these gentlemen so much, uh, I've witnessed these gentlemen have so much character and finesse on video for quite some time. And let me tell you all, in person, it is alive and well. Oh, God. Uh, 
talking to them feels, as you would imagine, like you have known them and been best friends for quite some time. I feel blessed to have been there and have been part of this beautiful celebration. Thank you, Brian and Drew, for simply being you. We love and appreciate everything you do and have done for the community. If it weren't for you both, I wouldn't have fallen in love with this beautiful process with fountain pens or met this incredible, special, supportive community. Love you guys. That's awesome. I love you too, Jazzy JP. That's awesome. Oh, my God. And I don't just, yikes. Uh, (laughs) You know, I don't want to be self-serving and like saying, oh, wow, this person really liked us, you know, or anything. But like, it's worth celebrating that this connection runs both ways. So we could gush over you all all the time. But in reading these, I feel like it's just we're opening up that two-way street because we feel the same way. We 100% do. We've been gushing about our experiences since we got back from the DC show. So yeah, back at you, Jazzy JP. Awesome. Um, Jace3604 writes in, I'm sorry I couldn't have been there on Sunday to attend the live pencast. Happy 100. The pen show was amazing. The two times I saw you both on Saturday, you were surrounded by pen friends, so I didn't get a chance to say hello, Ah, but glad to hear you had a great time. At Drew. I just yelled turkey. I'm a good Drew. Yeah, yell something. Just call me a, you know, I don't know. Use your, use your choice. Lot, you can call him a lot of things. I've been called worse. Um, <laughs> Drew, I also love Michael Bean and Who? will suffer no Michael Bean slander. Who? See that? I have Michael people Bean? out there, Brian. So, Fellow be- beaners? <laughs> yes. Beanonites. Beanies? Yes. Um, so thank you. Yes. Michael Bean is a fantastic actor. and I don't dislike Michael Bean. I know, but you said no one has heard of him. Well, most people haven't. You were right. When I mentioned that on the podcast, <laughs> nobody was responding nobody, at all. You no, weren't, you no weren't one wrong. came to your defense. <laughs> you weren't wrong, except for Jace. Jace came to my defense. Mm. I appreciate you for it, Jace. Well, there you go. You feel seen. My people. Awesome. Uh, I got some feedback, too. So Tiss says, thanks, Brian and Drew. I can tell you why people watch your pencast. There mm. are some people that are just made to listen to when they talk. And you belong to them. It is just nice to listen to you. It's relaxing. Even if your pencast would not be about pens, it would be pleasing to listen to you. Oh, look at that. We forgot the lights. Again, not on. Bottom one's dead. Not super on top of this. Oh, really? Oh. There we go. All right. There you go. Get to peek behind the curtain. See how our lights work. Our super fancy lights that we have. Yeah. Um, Well, that's really cool. I'm glad you like listening to us because we definitely talk about plenty of things that aren't pens. So I feel like that's a genuine response. Yes, this person has encountered that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, very cool. I appreciate that. And then Joshua Chandler says, am I losing my mind or is Brian's wedding band green here instead of the usual blue? Someone noticed. You're not losing your mind, Joshua. I noticed the week before last. My blue one broke. It's a silicone, you know, it's... Just because I work outside a lot and I literally know people who work in like trade work that have like lost fingers and stuff from their wedding rings, getting caught on things and stuff. And I was like, that doesn't sound fun. So I do not wear my normal wedding ring basically ever, but I wear silicone ones. And Rachel bought me, I think it was for Christmas, maybe five or six years ago. It's been a while. Um, She bought me several different bands all at once. And I put the blue one on first because of course she bought me the blue one, this like iridescent green blue, which is cool. But it's like silicone. It's squishy, you know? So it's like very comfortable. I can wear it all the time. Never have to think about it. Um, And she got me a black one too. It's a little thicker. So I don't like the black one quite as much because it's like like more in the way. Do you ever switch that out for formal occasions? No, I don't even think about it. (laughs) 
What are my formal occasions? I don't know. What am I doing formally? I no, don't know. I never do it. Uh, no, I saw you but, in a yeah. suit jacket yesterday. I was wearing That's a, a story jacket. for another day. Upcoming video coming soon. You'll see me probably the nicest dressed I've been on video in, I mean, certainly for years, maybe ever. I don't know. Mm. So look forward to that. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's a silicon ring and I the blue one broke finally. After everything I've put it through for years, it finally broke. So I haven't yeah. taken mine off since 2005. Um, I mean, I can randomly take it off if I need to, if I get sure. like, you know, goop on, on it or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, it used to be this nice tungsten carbide. I mean, it still is tungsten carbide, but it had like the the outer edges were nice and glossy and the middle was like a matte. Oh. Now the whole thing's it's matte. Just, yeah. It's just, yeah. Oh, it's going to happen every time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I never take it off. Yeah. That's like hard, right? Tungsten yeah. carbide. It's like super hard. Yep. Yeah. Same. And it's heavy too. It's not like titanium where yeah, it's like, it's like very dense material. Yeah. Right? It's, it's a heavy ring. Yeah. Tungsten, I think. But it's tiny because I have like little, little child fingers. What size, what size ring? I don't do you know. Like wear? negative two. <laughs> I don't know. Could probably fit on your pinky. Maybe. Maybe the tip so? of your pinky. I don't have huge fingers. Let's see. This is interesting, right? Y'all want to see Look this? Look at that thing. There. So tiny. I think my little silicon one, if you yeah. try it on. I think mine's like a nine. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, a, a, that, that's a thumb ring for me. Oh, there's no yeah, no <laughs> chance that's fitting on here. It's tight on my pinky. I told you. That's incredible. <laughs> it is tight on well, my Well, the pinky. worst thing is I got these like Jafar fingers. So I've got these bony knuckles. <laughs> so like it it, 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 it takes force gotta, like, to get over my knuckle. But then it's like floppy when it it's passes loose. my knuckle. Yeah, interesting. Garbage fingers. Yeah, yeah. that is interesting. Nothing my hands do. have gotten so much thicker over the years. <laughs> I mean, I've, I'm I'm a little on the heavier side of. Yeah, you got some hams, right but like all the like outdoor work and stuff that mm-hmm. I do, grabbing and lifting and cutting and all that stuff. Rachel and I will hold hands now, and she's like, "It's hard, like it's hurt. what is it like what hurts is her that? fingers to like spread them out." Yeah, like when we like interlock <laughs> them. Yeah, because like my my fingers are so like like they can crush her her precious fingers. Anyway, we'll do that. Yeah, so you're not crazy. I did change colors. Yeah. I'm surprised you noticed. Most people, I don't get as many comments about that kind of thing as you would think. Hmm. People comment about watches a lot, but anyway. Um, all right, so that's it for some feedback. But we got a lot of really great comments that were in the vein of like how much people appreciated seeing us in DC and all that. Yeah. So it's very a life, lot, very a lot, life-giving. a lot of congratulations on 100 too. So that's awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah, very cool. Um, all right, new stuff, shall we? New Drew? stuff. Let's talk about new stuff. All right, Drew. What new stuff do we have? Well, the first thing we're we, super on top of things. The first thing, you, first thing you, I you got need is, to talk about the three seven seven six. Yeah, that's right. I need to go first. Um, talk about your expert analysis. My expert opinion. In depth. Yes. So I've seen pictures of this pen. I have one of them on my desk, but I have not. We chatted about it. this very briefly before I've, we got I've in here. I have not opened it up yet. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this is the new limited edition 3776 called Iroko Gumo. You always keep one of these too, don't you? I do. It's so you'll, become so you'll snag one of these. Yeah, I've got one. It's this, literally this, on my desk. This is the first uh, two-tone one they've done, where the cap is yeah, different than the barrel. It's, yeah, normally. How do you feel about one? that? Are I, you pleased by this? I or? like the color. So it's this like bluish gray kind of translucent. But do you cap. wish the whole thing was bluish gray? Um, oh. I wouldn't hate that, but then it wouldn't really fit as much into the theme because like all of them have some sort of texture or swirl or something like they that. They did a red one. They did the well. They did like a the carnelian, I think it was, but that wasn't that was a U.S. exclusive. North American exclusive. That wasn't a. That wasn't one of these limited editions. No, I was thinking about that one with all the. Well, maybe I'm thinking of something else. There was a, some kind of texture going on with yeah, these. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, there was a red one. The with red one. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a red one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then they did, you know, obviously the kumpu with the teal. That um, was a, that was a while ago. Yeah. But so yeah. they have done 
colors, but yeah, the, for the, sure. I think the smoke, I think it would look good if the whole thing was smoke. I think it would not look, smoke. This the it, yeah, you know, the blue guy. It, it reminds me a little bit of the stone blue Pilot Custom seventy four. Mm, okay. But I haven't seen this one in person, so I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Maybe I'm off. If only I had opened it up, then we could have seen it in person. All right. Anyway, so the pen's four ninety five. It's uh, got extra fine, fine, and medium nibs. Um, thirty seven seventy six nibs are great. They're numbered pens, so out of three thousand. So you know, kind of true limited edition fashion. So yeah, it's kind of neat. It looks like uh, almost looks like crystal like glassware or something it's, yeah, it's like very that. pretty yeah and it's like you can you can feel that texture on it too it's like kind of bubbly looking bubbly so if you're not into texture i don't know maybe not but maybe they're, they're always they're always very textured and you can always feel them yeah but yeah. i don't know it's kind of cool so it looks really looks really classy um and then the other thing that you told me to mention drew i totally forgot i can mention what it. Else was it um <laughs> benu talisman we've got yes. three new benu talismans we've got some eyes Coming at you. We've, We've got, got tiger's got eye, eyes. cat's eye, and hawk's eye. Each of these are going to be $154. They're the talisman line, so they're good luck charms, all based off of very lovely quartz derivatives. God, these are all varieties. Good. So they're going to have a colors. little bit of that actual quartz in there, too. So um, all beautiful, beautiful, beautiful colors. Which color is your favorite of these, Joe? Um, cat's hmm. eye. Cat's eye is like this deep teal. Looks really good. I mean the hawk's eye blue. Come on, yeah, that's, like, that's tough. I don't know. Oh, I need so to. Good. I need to get my hands on them. I haven't. Um, but the orange is good too. The tiger's eye, like, mm, that also looks good. Yeah, not the orange. I won't go with tiger's eye. It would be one of the two. No, it'd be, it'd be the blue really? or the teal. Yeah. Okay. If I got an orange and black talisman, I would go with um, the uh, uh, fox glove. That one's really good too. That one, is, I think that one is more punchy than this one, which it's, is what I is. want when yeah. go, I'm going with yeah. Banu. Because if I'm going with Banu, I'm not going for subtlety. Right. I'm going boom, fox glove. Can you get? subtlety with a banu I mean pen? I would say I would say the tiger's possible? eye is more subtle than foxglove but that's, that's not really saying much as at all. subtle as it gets yeah, I guess pretty much pretty like much. literally I'm looking through all the menus and I'm like there is no I feel like nothing the most here subtle banu I've ever seen was um they had some supreme models that were just one color it was just like yeah. this iridescent blue yeah remember that yeah and some of like the what is it called the briolette they had some smaller ones of that that were more plain back in the yeah. day. Not anymore, though. Nah, people people know what they want, they know and they, they don't are. want subtlety. They, they get know. subtlety elsewhere. They know who they are. They yeah. do it well. They do it well. Cool. Um, but you can check out other new things, stuff that we have coming soon up on the website. We got a little thing in the top menu bar there. Check that out. All right. Q&A time, Drew. Yeah. Ready to ace some cues? Let's do it. All right. Okay. Our old buddy, Banana is a Hannah is writing in today. We're going to kick things off with her and we're going to go with your favorite teal ink question mark. Mm. Also sub question. Is there a teal with gold shimmer? So well, Hannah is asking you, I can answer this question very efficiently. Oh, because my favorite teal ink, first time for everything. My favorite teal ink is a teal with gold shimmer. Is it really? Yeah. I thought it was diamond marine. Well, so I, <gasps> I broke out the answer. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> into hold on you just said non-shimmer and shimmer okay so when you say so i, I took a little ans- interpretation in here but i think my overall uh, it's t- it's tough all right so when you say i can answer this question efficiently your definition of efficient is not necessarily it's it's got it's on a curve oh god you got to look at what <laughs> normally is not an efficient I- answering of a question for me this is on the more efficient end, but it's all—it's like a subtle banu pen. I see, I see. It's, it's kind of you're on subverting expectations. Scale. Well, okay. yeah. Bring it, give, so, it, give it to us, Brian. 
Well, I want to. Hannah can't wait forever. Part of it. Or part, her bananas. Part of this is I'm intentionally delaying it because I want everybody watching to, to try to guess because I definitely have some teal inks that I've talked about repeatedly. You've talked about Marine? Like. Yes. What other teals are you talking about? Is it a Robert Auster? No. You're going to know it as soon as I say it. You're going to be like, oh, of course. What other teals have you talked so, about? So, well, I'll let y'all stew on that for a second. I'm stewing. And part of the reason I'm doing this is because when I was at the show at DC, I had so many people that I was talking to and like, I'd be talking to maybe a couple people in a group, especially if it was like at night, you know, in the hotel lobby and we we're kind of mingling. People were talking and one person would ask me a question about like, oh, what kind of this do you like? And somebody else in the group would be able to answer on my behalf. Blue water ice. Accurately. And I was like, yeah, that's that's pretty spot on. I was like, How does wow, that make you feel? Being I'd so really, predictable. I don't know. It makes me like it felt like you're with friends. That's true. Know, you know what I mean? But it's That's also a fact. but it was also like, God, do I just talk about myself too much? Like, because <laughs> everybody really kind of knows this stuff. But anyway. Um, so um my favorite teal ink without shimmer is Diamine Marine. Okay. Yeah. So you're pretty spot on with okay. that. Okay. There's a lot of other good teals though. I'll say this is one where I probably feel like I might be holding myself back a little bit because I have pretty much a go-to teal with Diamine Marine. Mm -hmm. So I probably haven't explored other teals as much because I've been so satisfied with that teal. But since I discovered that ink, this was years ago, it's probably been my go-to teal for like a decade. Mm. So this is one where I'm like, yeah, I really have, I really have not explored beyond that much. And I probably should, because as I'm looking at other colors, I'm like, there's some other strong teals out there. So um, other really popular ones I looked up like on our site and which ones that I know that are good that people talk about, um, Monteverde, California teal, uh, pilot Kujaku, very popular, um, Pelican Edelstein aquamarine is good. And then Robert Oster tranquility. So there's a bunch of other good ones too, but those were some of the ones that like kind of floated to the top in terms of popularity, but you know, to compete with that, perhaps maybe, I don't know if. See, I'm really torn about if this one unseats Marine as my favorite teal. But you said my favorite teal is one with gold shimmer. Yeah, so I should probably just commit to that. Mm -hmm. It's a uh, uh, Urban 1670 Emerald Retriever. Oh, duh. Yeah. See. Oh my I god. I told you. I told you. You would know immediately. Oh my god. That one wasn't even. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. that was immediately what came to mind oh, with this because right. Teal with Gold Shimmer, I was like, well, I freaking love that ink. Oh, wow, yeah. I wasn't even thinking about Emerald of Shimmer. But the reason I'm like not 100% sure if I... It's definitely teal color, but it's yeah. got like such a heavy red sheen too. And it's got the shimmer in there. By the time it gets on the page... It's not really just a teal ink at that it point. It depends on the paper. You know what the I mean? red yeah. sheen only comes through sometimes. That's true. You got to really When you're writing on. with it normally on, on normal paper, yeah, it doesn't get Yeah, too but sheen. like I'm I'm using like a Goulet notebook with Tomoe paper as like my carry around oh, that'll do notebook. It, yeah. So it's like most of the time I'm not really seeing like as true a teal as right. you could with most other inks. Mm -hmm. So I would say if if we're answering this question and it's like purest form, like I love Emerald Shore and that's that probably tops for me. But when I don't want shimmer and I don't want all the other craziness happening i just want the plain teal especially a really good shader uh that's where i just love marine i don't know just something about the color just like hits me right the shading is really strong i like it it flows easy it's easy it to maintain it's degrading yeah so those are those are good um, but there are other teal shimmers as well so it was actually very convenient if you've never done this before you can go in look at our all of our inks on our website you can 
have like uh, over on the sidebar there, we have essentially filters. So you can select the teal color there and then select shimmering or not shimmering. So you can literally sort and filter through and just see teal shimmer inks. Um, so that's what I did because I can't remember them all from the top of my head. So I was very glad that I was able to use that function on our own site. Um, Dye Mine Enchanted Ocean. So this is a deep teal, leaning very heavy kind of blue with silver shimmer. Yeah, I've never used that one. So not gold shimmer like you mm -hmm. asked, but mm -hmm. good color. Um, Ferris Wheel Press Edwards Garden. Dark teal with gold shimmer. Uh, Diamond Spearmint Diva. This is a oh, lighter. This is a lighter green. Love that color. Yeah, with some love silver shimmer. So that one's good. But that one is a spicy ink. It, it borders on. You could argue that it's more of a turquoise than a teal. Yeah. I'm not sure. It's it's on the brighter end of things. Still good though. Still good. Um, we don't have like a separate filter on our site for turquoise and teal. It's all kind of in the like aqua family. I think we consider it all turquoise on the website. Yeah, I think that's what we call it. But that's Part of my fun fact for today is about teal versus turquoise mm. and why they're what they are. Um, Robert Oster Crystal Marine. So this is a really pure teal with a blue shimmer. Yep. So that one's really interesting. I might oh, want to try that one. I, I, have, have, I, I have not tried one. Is it good? I, yes, for good reason. It is good. It's actually the shimmery alternative of my favorite teal. Okay. Which is what? Deep Sea. Deep Sea. Yeah. Okay. I, it's it's very I mean it's what I Robert would consider Oster, deep sea yeah, yeah Robert Oster deep sea well, yeah. it's what I would consider to be a shimmer version of deep sea okay so I personally like deep sea better that's my yeah. favorite teal yeah um but crystal marine yeah. is like that's in there that's like, like when it puts on its party shirt and goes out clubbing that's, that's, that's right that's what it it's does, in yeah. the uh, oh what is it called the special line the 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 Shake and shimmy. Shake and shimmy. Yep. That's right. It is a shake and shimmy ink, which I think is that's that's the ones that are like all of them are all of them are shake and shimmy. They're all, all the shimmers, shimmers are called shake and shimmy. That's just his. Okay. That's just his like diamond diamond shimmer tastic. Shimmer tastic. Shake yeah. and shimmy. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, another one. This is a newer one. Waringle fa Waringle Wayfarer. Mm -hmm. That one is a medium teal with a violet shimmer. Not a real heavy shimmer though. It seems pretty subtle, but that's kind of an interesting little. Mix mm -hmm. up, a little change up. And then the last one I have, this is kind of in the in the vein of like Spearmint Diva, uh, but Diamond Tropical Glow. So this is a little bit lighter blue with a silver shimmer. Maybe leans a little more turquoise, but, you know, could be an alternative. It's kind of more of a turquoise with silver shimmer. So not at all what you asked me for, but, you know, got some teal with gold options in there. But yeah. I thought there were lots of fun teals with stuff in them. Absolutely, there yeah, are. A bunch of good options. Yeah, so Deep Sea by Robert Oster is my favorite teal if mm -hmm. we're going into turquoise territory my favorite is diamine havasu turquoise oh, that's a good one that's a classic that's it a ain't one. broke it doesn't mm -hmm. need to be fixed mm -hmm. it's fantastic i will say speaking of wearing gold inks brian mm -hmm. you don't need to find a teal with gold shimmer because you can make your own because wearing gold mm. has a glitter potion it's rose gold technically but it looks gold um, called Brain. If you add a couple drops of that to an ink sample, um, three drops if you're using one of our ink samples, um, you can turn your favorite teal ink sample into that teal with gold shimmer. So go for it. I would highly recommend that. So you don't need to be limited by what the ink companies sprinkle into their teals. You can sprinkle your own thing into whatever teal you desire. Mm. Nice. Yeah, man. Very cool. So you got some good options there. Yeah, you do. 
And right. also, if you need to know the difference between teal and turquoise, I have a video for that as well. Mm, oh, yes, a very helpful. Very helpful. Very clear. And definitively, <laughs> yes, exploding with expertise. Oh, absolutely. And no nonsense at all. One that Drew really is proud of, too. I, it's definitely I, one of I his have, favorite videos. I have never been more punchable than I am in that video. <laughs> when he shot that one, he was like, He's like, I know the video is going to be fine, but I just don't like it. I don't like what I did with it. I don't no, like how I was it, just, it turned out. And I'm I, like, every time it's I, a great video. Every time I watch the video, I'm like, I want to slap that guy. <laughs> but I, I literally had somebody come up to me in the at the pen show. I was like, that is the, I think that's the best video the Goulet Pen Company has ever made. I'm like, what? Whoa. Why? That's a hot take. That's, <laughs> that's a hot great. take. I was like, that video is... <laughs> that anyway, video. It's just yeah. funny because that's the most recent video you've done where you're just like, I just don't like... No. I don't like this one and no. how it kind of turned out. <laughs> no. <laughs> it happens. You know, we... Oh, I'm so annoying. We're doing creative work here. Uh. It's like, we don't always... We don't oh, yeah. always... And like, I mean, like, who... Know like, how it's going to turn out. No one likes looking at themselves on camera. And it's <laughs> like, you can tolerate it at most. <laughs> at most, you can tolerate yourself in the mirror or on screen or even just hearing your voice on a message. Yeah. A lot of the times, though, you just just can't stand it. So you know, it is what yeah. it is. I'm no, I know I'm not alone there. Interesting. Yeah. I'm like I'm numb to it at this point. I've heard I've heard myself in video, especially yeah. talking about pens so much. It's like I almost disassociate myself. With I'm it. usually pretty ambivalent, but every now and then there's just some like, oh wow, yep, hate that guy. <laughs> Well, there you go. So if you're not a big Drew fan, just know no. that he's not a big Drew fan either. No. Sometimes it happens. No, of course oh, not. Oh, my gosh. All right. I got a question for you, Drew. All right, bring it this on. This is from Packers Jedi. So I know you're going to like it. How to justify continuing to use your inexpensive pens after you've bought expensive ones? So what should one do? Uh, this one does really enjoy variety. So I... You know, when my three pens that I keep inked up are out of ink, I cycle them out. Never, very rarely, I'll say, did will I ink up a pen that I already ran out of. Usually, I want to mix it up and get a different pen. So you're not just changing ink colors. You're changing pens yes. with each filling. Absolutely. Every oh, single that time. That makes sense. The only, it gets the, a good variety. The most recent time I didn't do that was when I got my Christmas pudding sailor in you know december that or whatever one, that, that one, one i inked up twice because i just I that one got you huh? that one got me um but uh so yeah new pens sometimes break that rule but other than that no they get they get rotated through mm. and i just like that variety so i'll you know clean a pen put it away and look for a pen that i haven't written with in a while i do have some pens that i don't reach for that I just, you know, for whatever reason, either I get them in the hand and they're not super comfortable or I mm -hmm. know they've got a nib that I don't love. Mm -hmm. um, but most of the time I'm just like, I don't remember at all what that feels like. So being forgetful mm. actually helps and makes the experience more You're fresh. experiencing new things more yeah. often. I know yeah. which ones I really like, but I always forget the ones that are just kind of like, okay. Just, but yeah, sometimes I am middle. surprised by them. I'm like, oh, wow, this one has a really good flow to it. Yeah. Because you never know. The first couple times you ink up something, it might just not agree with whatever ink you chose. And yeah, then the more true. you use it, the more different inks you put in there, you might get surprised by a, you know, unexpectedly pleasant writing experience. Mm -hmm. So I like the variety. So I don't have to like go out of my way to make myself write with the more affordable pens. Yeah. I just, well, I like to mix it up. So what, what are some um, pens that you like more affordable pens that like would fit in this category that you oh, have like in your rotation? The, um, the swipe and the go. Uh -huh. I like to play with those every now and then. The mm -hmm. Go is just fun. It's not like one of my yeah. favorite pens, but it's, it's fun Twis to ink. Twisby pens? For yeah, yeah, Twisby swipe, Twisby yeah. Go. 
Um, I jump into those every now and then. Okay. The eco, not so much because I just don't like filling it up. It's just too much capacity for me. But I will do it. You don't have to fill it all the way. I know. Yeah, you can and just I'll, fill it a little bit. But I'll, I'll do that. Uh, I do jump into the Explorer and the Kakuno pretty regularly. Okay. Pilot, pilot. Yeah, I know you're into those. Um, I don't own an. I don't own a Metropolitan. I have never. What? I have never owned a Metropolitan. I have like twenty of them. I've never wanted one. I was like, no. Just don't get it, Drew. You go below the Metropolitan. You've got the Kakuno. Now the Metropolitan is a little bit more expensive than the Explorer, I think. But for a while, you know, they were, they're right there. So, like, why, why, why? You, you, know? want, you want to know what's funny? What? I just talked with the uh, – so there were a bunch of pilot folks there at uh, the DC show. So I get to spend some good time with them. Some of them were, like, engineers from Japan. So they were trying to see, like – you know, we'll, we'll get into that when we talk more about the DC show. But, you know, part of who we get to see is the people that we deal with more as, like, the, you know, Pilot USA, the distributor – you know, getting to talk with them. Um, the the Metropolitan is not the actual name of that pen. What's the MR? It's the MR. Yeah. So it's it's the Pilot MR. The Metropolitan was the first collection that they came out with that was like the black, the gold, and the silver with oh. the dots and all that. So it was called the Metropolitan, but we and others just adopted metropolitan as its name and then as they came out with new lines we just kept calling it metropolitan but that's never actually been oh it's the official name of that pen oh i thought it was just that name in the u.s no we just we we ruined it's it. never been that name it was oh. the name of the collection why doesn't it ever of say the first pens that came out why doesn't it ever say mr on the labels and stuff like that i don't know like even the vp says you know capitalist on it like Mm. These are good questions. Mm. So sometimes things get maybe a little lost in translation. Sometimes it's, you know, we don't know. But I always thought the MR standard for Met Metropolitan. Met Metropolitan. <laughs> uh, no, the Metropolitan was the original. Oh, there you go. Black, gold, and silver. And then they came out with the Retro Pop. The Retro Pop and then the Animal series. Mm-hmm. So it's always been MR Metropolitan. MR. Well, they should Retropop. put it on the freaking label then. But I just thought that was funny. So it's like a little thing. At Pilot, I, I could swear you know. that like even the animal print ones and the retro pop ones say the word metropolitan, metropolitan on them. I know we've said that. I think I it says know. that on the label. Does it? We'll need to go check. We need okay. to confirm this. So it's 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 not been the most clear. But no, no. they brought that up as something that was interesting. I was like, oh, well, we've been doing it wrong for about 10 years now. <laughs> Or whenever it came out, I think it was. They might have just given up and be like, "All right, it's the Metropolitan." Now. I mean, it's like at some point it just gets adopted as that's the name yeah. for it. But it's called. It's not called Metropolitan outside the U.S. Yeah, that I did know. Anyway, um, yeah, but so I do reach for those as well. Um, so one thing I will say that uh, you don't need to write with all of your pens. So if you start off with some more affordable pens and work your way up and mm-hmm. find that you do enjoy writing with your more expensive purchases more than your less expensive purchases, keep writing with what you like to write with. Like there's no rule that says you need to write with them all. Like your your yeah. journey took you to this place. And if you are happier writing with what you're currently writing, don't deviate from that. Continue writing with what brings you the most joy. That's why we're here. That's why we do this. Mm-hmm. And if you have pens, they're just chilling there. Either keep them for sentimental value or rehome them and get them to somebody else who might enjoy them and actually use them. Yeah. So I know a lot of people that do that. Absolutely. Especially if they like feel kind of bad. Like so people that I know that like will find pens that they like don't use as much or don't love for whatever reason. If they're like a significant enough, 
you know, purchase amount, they might sell them or, you know, whatever, try to trade with somebody or something, mm -hmm. you know, and, and get something they enjoy more. But with inexpensive pens, it's often like not worth trying yeah. to sell, you know, a 10 or $15 pen, whatever. Um, but I know a lot of people that are like, yeah, they'll give that to their niece or nephew or like somebody that they, you know, yeah, or just put, it up, put it up on eBay for 10 bucks. You know, it somebody that's looking for the first fountain pen might really enjoy that. Yeah. I mean, the fountain pen community as a whole is pretty generous, oh, yeah. especially if there's like newer people to the hobby that don't have a lot of resources and they're just looking to get something. You know, I know a lot of people that have like basically just donated pens that they don't use anymore for that reason, just to share the, share the joy, share the love. Yeah. Um, do you feel like you sh like one should do that? Not necessarily give them away, but like purge less expensive pens that maybe they don't use anymore or do you i, are you I think more so inclined to, you, i think so you know yeah. one thing i do is you know i like to gift pens um you know if i get if i get gifted a pen mm. i like to kind of find another pen in my collection that i can gift just oh, kind like of pay it forward yeah kind of exactly thing. that's yeah. cool okay it's, and it, it prevents me from getting too many pens um what is that i know right i don't understand but uh i do think that you know there's really no sense in just hoarding these things for no reason. If they don't have sentimental value, then yeah, give them a better home. You know, if they're not um, being used, that well, you have a different reason. You <laughs> you 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 have a library that you pull from for it's you true. know educational purposes. But yeah, if you're not using something, that goes with anything in your life, not just pens. You know, either either it's sentimental or you're just keeping it for no reason. And if you're keeping it for no reason, mm. then might as well give it to somebody who will have a reason to use it. Yeah, I'm curious to hear from the comments from you all watching. What do you do with your less expensive pens? Do you feel like you have to use them? Do you feel like you don't want to use them because they're just inexpensive and you're like, I'm past that now? Or do you feel like you need to like kind of pay it forward and, you know, share Or do you never go past, you know, affordable pens? And that's just where you need to be. Because honestly, yeah. you could absolutely do that and have a great fountain pen experience. For sure. Uh, yeah, there's no, there's no... There's no requirement to have to spend a lot of money on pens. That's uh -uh. part of what I love about fountain pens is you can get into them without a huge investment and be perfectly happy staying kind of in that range. And they last a really long time and they're great. Um, me personally, I, well, as is no surprise to you, I basically have every pen that I've ever acquired still. Um, some of that is because maybe I do have some of those slight hoarding, acquiring, collecting tendencies. Mm -hmm. um, and some of that is this somewhat justifiable because we do reference pens out of my collection a lot for videos or, um, you know, when we're considering, you know, carrying products and we have, you know, suppliers of ours that visit and they need to see, you know, different types of pens as we're talking about things. And Sometimes you can enjoy. surprise them with their own pens. That's true. I've had that not, not, uh, what am I trying to say? Um, more than a few times mm -hmm. I've had that where, you know, especially if it's like somebody that, you know, the brand we've been carrying for a while, but maybe there's like a new, you know, manufacturer's rep or sales rep or whatever that we're talking to. They don't have like a decade and a half of history right. about a certain brand. So they hear about something that launched maybe a long time ago. And I'm like, oh, you mean this? Right. <sighs> Flex. I've seen that before. So I do that a lot. I do like, I do like. I like referencing things. You know, I've got like a, I've got a more tactile kind of memory. So like when I hold a pen or like look at a pen, a lot comes back to me. Whereas if I just look at a picture or try to remember it, not as much comes back. So that's part of what it is for me. Um, but what I, what I end up doing rather than just like, oh, I'm using expensive pens and sometimes randomly mixing in cheaper ones. 
I will mix it in based on how I'm using the pen. So I will have certain pens that are on the more inexpensive side if I know that I'm gonna be going to a place where people wanna try a bunch of pens and I want pens that I can just sort of hand out and share with people without having to worry about it too much. Um, if I'm traveling, if I'm you know gonna be doing some activity where I don't wanna to have to worry about a nicer pen and I can just kind of throw some cheapos in there, you know, I will keep the cheaper pens for that more just like knockabout purpose. And I'll keep the more expensive pens as maybe like my desk pens or I'll keep them in a pen case and carry those uh, more intentionally. So I kind of mix up how I use, but I mean, I could use all only expensive pens if I wanted to, but I still like mixing it in and using, you know, the everyday, everyday pens. Agreed. The starter pens, yeah. But I still have too many. I have a lot that I probably could Also get agreed. Of. Yeah. What are you going to do? All right. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to move on to question number three. Okay. Let's do it. From Pure Skin Dr. Laser. Whoa. That's right. That's a strong name. Differences that you see between the German, Japanese, and Italian fountain pens. Oh. Well. Quick, easy, digestible answer. Go. Um, well, the German pens come from Germany. Oh, Japanese pens come from Japan. How culturally and insightful pens come of from you, Italy. sir. Nailed it. That's, that's it. Next question. So intercontinental. Um, okay. Well, I'll start off by saying I'm going to have to generalize quite a bit, which I don't necessarily love to do because there are a bunch of different brands in each of these countries. Not everything is universally applicable to everything. Uh, that maybe comes from that country. So I'll have to overgeneralize. So, you know, please don't totally pick it apart, but I'll speak to some of the themes. Um, first off, though, I want to start with some of the similarities between all of these. So all these three countries, um, they all have pretty long established histories of fountain pen making. There's several companies that are like 100 plus years old in each of these countries. So there is a rich history, a rich culture of fountain pens, of writing you know, in each of these countries. So there's that depth and history and, and kind of passion for it that is common with, with all of them. Um, you know, culturally, like kids being taught in school, using fountain pens, very like brick and mortar centric retailers, um, and really like pride in their home country's brands. I think that's common throughout each of these countries and they all kind of share that. Um, and they all have lots of passion and dedication to their pens within each country, but the passion manifests in maybe some slightly different ways. Um, but I think they can all appreciate that same kind of like approach towards their pens. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. um, so those are some of the similarities. I think this is not an exhaustive list. I just wrote as much as I could think of. Um, German, okay. Nibs tend to be smoother, uh, tend to be a little wetter maybe than some of the Japanese ones. So you know, and some of that is maybe just the long form writing as opposed to like the more script based writing. Um, but in general, the pens are like the nibs are ground usually to maybe hold the pens lower, faster writing. It's more common with, you know, Western style writing. So yeah. a lot of that you, you deal more with like baby's bottom and like over smoothing on maybe on some certain uh, like German nibs. Uh, and you very, very seldom see that on Japanese nibs. Um, so you, uh, very medium nib centric. So a lot of brands, if they come out with like a pen that's a limited edition or, you know, something that's, uh, you know, for the U.S. market, they're kind of testing. They don't want to do a full range of nibs. 
they're always going to go to it as a medium. That's very true. I would not have thought about that, but yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. Yeah, whereas Japanese nibs tend to be finer. They excel more in the fine nibs. Yeah, fine is more their standard. Yeah, exactly. If a pen's going to only come out in one size, it's going to be fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, their designs, Ger German designs, tend to be a little more understated, right? A little more minimalistic. They've got that like Bauhaus influence, that function over form. I mean, they do some interesting things with their design for sure, but it's a lot more, I don't know, you can see influences outside the pen community more. I'm thinking specifically like Lamy as an example. They intentionally try to work with designers who don't come from pens yeah. to work with their pen designs and stuff. So they are very design centric, but they're, they're a little more subtle. They're not nearly as, you know, uh, uh, expressive maybe as the Italian pens might be, right? And the Japanese pens, they have a lot more like heritage and history and story, like Japanese tradition into a lot of their pens. Um, but German, it's much more about like just the design kind of just like strictly. Um, so ger German pens, not often strong themes or stories incorporated into their limited editions. Um, like you see, especially you think about, you know, Japanese, you have all the maquille, you get deep into like lore and, and history and tradition. Um, you don't see as much of that uh, with German pens. No, you're right. That's a good point. You see yeah. more of it in Italy and way more of it in Japan. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Japan, yeah, you tend to see more, more um, Japan-centric stories and, and tradition. Italy, you tend to see stuff all over the place. They will tell stories. They just love stories yes. and love art. So yeah. they will tell stories about not just things from Italy, but all over the place, including Japan. Um, uh, with, with a lot of German pens, um, you get a lot of more um, standard international, like cartridge converter pens. Um, not exclusively, but you see a lot more of those um, with like the lower end Pelican pens, like the non-piston ones. Um, you see that with like Kaweco and some other brands. Um, you see a lot more of that. Whereas, you know, the Japanese pens, each of those manufacturers, they have all their own nibs. They have all their own converters and cartridges. So yeah. very that very proprietary centric. You do get some of that, like with Lamy. Um, but, you know, Pelican, Mont Blanc. You know, I'm thinking like a lot of German brands, mm -hmm. you get more of that standard international kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then... Faber-Castell, I think, is more standard international Faber-Castell, well. yep. Yeah. yeah, like Lamy... Lamy might be the only one I can think of that comes to mind that isn't standard international, mm -hmm. um, that has their own German And brand. then you've got... Uh, isn't uh, Otto Hutt is in standard international as well? Uh, yeah, yep. And then... Um, Waldman. Waldman. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, yeah much All more standard. much more of that, yeah. Um, and then they do have some in-house nibs in Germany, like Lamy and Pelican, but you have two German like powerhouse nib makers with Bach and Yovo that are all coming from Germany. So you tend to see a lot of those on German pens. Of course, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Makes a lot of sense. So um, that's German. Japanese, all the major brands, the big three, Platinum, Pilot, Sailor, um, all use in-house nibs. They all have their own like size, nib size convention. You know, they're not interchangeable with anybody else. They just do their own thing. Whereas the interchangeability of nibs and more standardized sizes, you're going to see it a lot more on German Italian pens. Um, each brand uses their own proprietary cartridge converter. Um, the only ones that I can think of that use standard international is like the Pilot MR. Yes. Is they make a standard international version of that for the European market. Right. So that's uh, that's interesting. And maybe a couple other other pens too. I um, know that the Plumix was like that. Okay. We don't have the Plumix any longer. Probably a lot of their like 
not their fine writing pens, maybe, but more like what they consider in their everyday maybe. pens. I wonder if the like, Explorer the MR like fits that. in that. The Explorer fits into that category too. I don't know if it's, is the Explorer? Let's ask everybody. If you're in Europe, is the Explorer a standard international or is it the Pilot Namiki? Same question with cartridge? the Chacuno. Yes. Basically, if you have Pilot pens in Europe, are they all standard international or do you deal with Pilot Namiki proprietary? I'm curious to know. Um, so let's see here, Japanese wide range of nib offerings. Oh, lots yeah. of lots, lots of, of crazy specialty nibs. nibs coming from the factory. Way more than you'll see in Europe. Definitely. Now, I will say, like Pelican, they do special grinds and stuff like that. You can actually go and tour their factory and watch them grind your nib specially. So I'm told. Um, I don't know if they are still doing that. Pelican actually just sold recently. I'm not sure if you knew that. I heard that. It's yeah, been in the news. Yeah. Um, but the operation they sold to a French company, I believe. Yes, and like a major like art supply notebook company. Company, but um, yeah. So we're told that it's not going to change anything about the uh, fine pen do you, operation. Do you, do you follow fountain pen memes on Instagram? Uh, I don't. I don't check Instagram they, very often. They, to be honest with you, it's but. it's a great account. It's a little like you know fountain yeah. pen nib with a silly face on it. Yeah, yeah. As soon as that announcement, you know, came out, they sent a. They photoshopped a picture of like that standard Pelican look where it's just that vertically oriented pen. Yeah. But the uh, it was a new limited edition and it was uh, a baguette. <laughs> that's that's pretty spot on. It was really good. That's pretty spot on. It was really that's good. A, they, they, they got some talent in yeah. there. Um, that's great. So, yeah, they have, uh, you know, uh, medium fine nibs or fine mediums. That's much more of a standard in Japan than pretty much anywhere else. Does anybody outside of Japan have a medium fine or a fine medium? I can't even think. I can't, I can't recall not that one. I've seen. And that's actually this, you know, I've talked about this a bunch, but I'll say it more again. That's actually the reason why Japanese fine and extra fine nibs are more fine is because they shove in an extra nib size in there, the fine medium. And so all the fines and extra fines are narrower than most of your European counterparts. So kind of like if uh, one hotel decided that they didn't care about having a 13th floor their 14th floor is going to be higher than the other 14th floor. Yeah, because it would actually be 14 floors, you know, whatever. Ah. Um, We'll see here. Uh, Japanese are very focused on attention to detail and quality. Um, So are are German pens as well. But they really, really care about their quality control in Japan. Um, In Japan... uh, I would say Japan is more about, like, like German, they have, like, a lot of command and control over the you know, manufacturing process and the machining and things like that. Mm-hmm. You think more like an industrial. It's more of a all-encompassing quality obsession with uh-huh. Japanese pens. You know, the nib, I think, gets mm. a majority of their focus in quality control. Like, sure. Sure. they, if you, you have a finite amount of ability you can put into your factory to quality control it. I mm. think that... The Germans have it evenly distributed, you know, portion mm. here, portion here, portion here, portion sure, here. Sure. Not to say that the Japanese pens have are lacking in quality control over their body and stuff, but I think that generally they're, you know, the bodies and housing of their pens are relatively simple. Mm. Um, but they spend a ton of time making sure their nibs are really, yeah. really good, the yeah. tipping material specifically. Yeah, it's like that handwork, that craftsmanship, yeah. like that artisanal kind of like craftsmanship yeah. comes through in a lot of Japanese pens. Um, not that they don't in the others, but they, they particularly care about it. It's more built into um, their culture, I think. Yeah, I think so, for yeah. sure. I mean, like the trade crafts and, you know, the the apprenticeship and mastery. Exactly. That was very, what I was going to say. Yeah. There's much more of a 
um, uh, what is the uh, generational um, mm-hmm. passing of this knowledge as yeah. well? That yeah, is definitely. more of a focus in the Japanese yeah. culture. Yeah. Um, in Japan, uh, lighter pens are generally more desirable. Oh, for sure. So here in the U.S., especially in in Europe, like when something is really heavy and sturdy, you tend to think of that as higher quality. But it's almost kind of the opposite in Japan, from what I understand, that something that is very high quality is lighter, you know. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of interesting. So when you have like a lot of high-end Japanese pens, even if you have a really big pen like the Namiki Emperor, it's made of ebonite. It's not going to be very heavy for its size. Um, so yeah, it's, it's rarer to see like a big bulky, heavy pen coming out. It's probably the same weight as like a stainless steel 2000. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, and then the theming, I kind of mentioned this theming is often very traditional, incorporating lots of Japanese history and lore. Um, and they're very cartridge converter centric. It's rare that you see piston or vacuum fillers coming out of Japan. Pilot's got one. Sailor's got one. Yeah. And a mini version. Pilot's got, let's see here. Pilot's got the Custom Heritage 92, the piston filler. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yep. They have the 823 is a vacuum filler. Mm -hmm. Everything else, cartridge converter. Yep. Literally everything else, right? Technically, the Emperor is an eyedropper. Eyedropper. Okay. Okay. But yeah. Yeah. But every, yeah. Okay. Everything else. Um, yeah, Sailor, the Riallo is the and, only and piston. The, and the Mini Riallo, yeah. Mini Riallo. That's the only piston. They have no vacuum. Well, they have. They also have a. They have multiple sizes of the Riallo. They've got a KOP Riallo as well. Oh, okay. Oh, that's cool. I've never seen one of those. I know you haven't. You just told me about this recently. I did, I did. I was like, it makes sense that they have one, but I'm like, I've never really heard of it. Yeah. Riallo is like... A, yeah, see why I told me to make sure you knew that, and you were like, oh, I did not know that. See <laughs> why, if you're watching, I, I understand. Yeah, that's... Um, that's I, a lot of capacity. I want this now. <laughs> like, I need more pens. Jeez. Right. Um, and then, okay, let's go to Italian pens. Um, Italian, they're often much more expressive in their theming and design, right? They're Very. Like, outwardly expressive, as opposed to maybe inwardly, where... Yeah, I don't think know, that they ever make a pen and decide what they're going to do with it. They're like, we need to make a pen based off of the moon. Like, they, they, Yeah, like, they're inspired by an idea. Yeah. And then they make a pen out of it. I'm I don't know guessing. that's necessarily the case. I think that's, I mean, we're it generalizing is, yeah. here. But the yeah. theming is very much a focus. Yeah. Very much a focus. I think they're much more likely to incorporate a wider range of materials and craftsmanship elements into their pens, especially limited editions. They take more risks, more chances too. Absolutely. Like the innovation is less in like machining things a particular way or, you know, something like that. And it's, you know, just look at the limited editions from like Montegrappa or Visconti, you get these wild things that you've never seen before. That is what is very appealing. And that's an Italian like culture thing. You look at their cars, you look at motorcycles, fashion, pens, like that's just kind of what they do. They're just yeah. extremely creative. In order to find out whether or not something works, they just make it. They just make it, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But they're m- maybe not known as much for like the productionized quality control. Yeah, it's this, like it's, you would have in it's, like Germany. Their process is more, you know, let's give it a shot and see. Yeah. And if that doesn't work, all right, we'll give something else a shot and yeah. see. You know, they just keep very on much, moving on. And they're, they're much fueled by passion. And their yeah. release schedule is unlike anything from German Germany or Japan as well. Yeah, yeah. They come out with stuff faster. And the stuff that they come out with, they're not just different colors of the same pen. Mm-hmm. They're completely different models. For sure. Completely different. Yeah. 
And you don't see that in Germany or Japan. Not nearly as much. Yeah. No, yeah. not it's even more close. Yeah, we're talking completely different, yeah. like visual aesthetic, completely different. Yeah, you know, they take more risks. Silhouettes. Yeah, they take more risks, which Absolutely. is why, you know, there are people that will have things to say about certain elements of a pen or maybe they don't like the way it's designed or it's quality of certain things here and there. But it's because they are pumping out all kinds of interesting things they're that doing are crazy stuff have yeah. maybe never done before so they're, yeah, they're taking like risks stuntmen yeah exactly um yeah but sometimes it works out and it's awesome though like that's you know you right. like all right what happens if i can can, can i can how many cars can i jump over with my monster truck like well <laughs> probably 17 but you can try 20 yeah, i'm gonna try I'm 20 gonna try 20 you Let know like see. my crash and burn right or yeah. it looks look sweet be amazing. you know yeah yeah exactly why not it resonates, try it resonates but yeah, so I mean, honestly, I'm a big fan of all, well, I'm a big fan of all fountain pens, let's be real, but all three of these countries have amazing pens, amazing manufacturers. They've all got superpowers. They all have kind of their different flair. Um, and, you know, I think probably too, these days, especially as global as things are getting, there's a lot more influence that's happening across countries too. So it's probably less the case today that these are like strict rules and you can generalize very heavily. But, you know, I think... Um, part of anything that's like, especially like fountain pens, it's uh, such a, oh, what's the word? Like a passion fueled industry, not just for us as pen users, but the manufacturers too. Like they could, they could shut down their pen manufacturing and go make, you know, mufflers or catalytic converters or whatever. They could make other things and probably make more money, Probably, but they love it. And it's fueled by passion. All of them share that. And I'm super grateful that we have a variety to choose from. You came around really well on that because you covered what Thank they you. have in common first, yeah. but then you saved the best thing they have in common for last. Absolutely. Well done, sir. Thank you. All right. That's right. Stop clock can be right twice a day, right? There we go. All right, Drew. Yes. Got another question here from Hill Ari. Sailor Ink Studio Hidden Gems. I guess it's not a question. It's a statement. Yeah, we're going to talk about this, Hill. Unpunctuated Ari. statement. Yeah. Um. So in a way... All of them are hidden gems because it's notoriously difficult to have any of them, you know, s- stay in your memory. A, it it is a, for me anyway. There's a hundred colors. Like that no, are all no, just numbers named, named in digits. my brain do not work, which is why my two favorites I had to rename. But we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> um, so as far as y'all know it, some of y'all know it. I as know far it. as hidden gems go, this one I think sells pretty well. So I don't know exactly how hidden it is. Even if one was popular, I wouldn't know it because the number doesn't stay in my brain. Right. So maybe this is popular, maybe it isn't. But I recently found out about it a couple months ago. Um, well, not a couple months ago. It was when I was doing the uh, chroma shading video. This one I stumbled across. And it so. was amazing. Okay. So Sailor Ink Studio 173. This is my top pick for one you definitely need, definitely need to check out because a lot of hmm. Sailor's chroma shading inks this live one. within, that's it. It lives within the same color category. Scroll through some of the alternate images, though. Yeah, you'll see, see it. you'll see like what a, I'm talking like about. Coral. It looks peach like a color. peach. What it is really is pink and orange together. Okay. So it uh, looks orange and then shades oh. pink, or looks pink shades orange. Not but not necessarily what you'd consider. Like most of the chroma shadings tend to be in that like blue. Exactly. Teal, purple, That's green. why this thing is awesome because it's hmm. not in that same category. It's a completely different color. And Hmm. I think that's a heck of an achievement. And it's super fun to write with because it gives you that chroma shading. It gives you that dual shading, whatever you want to call it, without having to be the same old Hmm. haha, nekuyanagi, whatever, which are lovely colors, that gray blurple. But this one does it with 
pink, and orange. And I think that is fantastic and a mm. lot of fun. So 173. Uh, I cannot remember the name of that, so I'm going to call it uh, Pinko Range. Like Pinko space range, which is just mm. pink, orange together. All right. Pinko Range. Pinko Range. Yeah, there we All go. Right. Cool. Pink, orange. All right. Pinko Range. Um, Interesting. Also, so my two favorites are 123 and 224. 224 is basically just a slightly darker version of 123, but I like them both. Rain Fluff is actually 123. Thunder Fluff is 224. So there you go. You can have that. Rain Fluff, Thunder Fluff, Pinko Range. You can keep that. Mm. Uh, my most recent discovery, though, is Ink Studio 162, which is mm-hmm. kind of similar to Rain Fluff, aka a 123. A little bit. Um, but it's... Uh, oh, it looks pretty different Instead of a... Well, it's kind of like an inverse. It's kind of like... Hmm. Instead of it being right. blue with a green halo, yeah, it's like it's green, like green with, with a blue halo. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with blue or start with green? That's exactly. Kind of where you there you go. go. So you can go start with blue. You can go one twenty three, two twenty four. Okay. Rain fluff, thunder fluff, or start with sixty two, one sixty two. If you want to start with a nice emerald, mm-hmm. but I say start with pinko range, man. Interesting. So I'm looking at our website. Yeah. So this is kind of cool. If you're curious about like a line of inks like this, again, we've got the filters on the side of our site. So if I go to select all colors, I can narrow it to Sailor. I can narrow it to the sub collection too with Ink Studio. And then it automatically defaults to best selling. So you can see what are the top Is Pinko colors. Range up there? I think I think Pinko Range, mm-hmm. 173. That one would qualify probably as like a hidden gem. Oh, look at me. It's not near the top. The look other two you mentioned, 123 and 162, are literally one and two. 162, really? Yeah. I just discovered that 162 one. 162 is number two Holy in poop. the best selling. This is for bottles, at least. Um, yeah. It's funny. What was the other one? 123 and two? 224 is uh, Thunderfluff. 224. It's not... It's not up there. Wow. It's basically the same as 123. Wow. Maybe it's just too close. So yeah, two, maybe. Okay, well then 224. It's not even on page one, not Drew. Really. What about 173? Oh, 173. Pink, pinko range. I'm there it is. 173 is like halfway down Oh, wait, it's out of stock. Two. Is it out of stock? So maybe it oh. is up top. It just booted it down. Oh, you know what? Okay, 240. So, yeah, okay. So 224 could be up at the top. Yeah. But whenever out it's stock. out of stock, it boots okay. it all the way to the bottom. So kind of about a lot of... So it doesn't... We're out of a lot of Ink Studio, actually. Well, there's so many. We probably don't stock many of them at one time. I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot out of stock. There's more out of stock than in stock. Almost. We shouldn't be talking about this, Brian. Whoops. Sorry. Forget everything Don't buy this saying. ink. Don't this, buy any of these. Yeah. This is clearly is not the ink for you uh we might still have no. them available as samples though so check those that's true. samples usually stay in stock longer well we did before day. we started talking about it now drew Dang it. all right well, enjoy your pinko range that's interesting okay what about you brian you got any more oh is that all you got yeah mine oh okay cool i <laughs> i was looking at the questions this week talking about like the teal inks and then these hidden gems i was like Drew's going to have a lot of pictures to go and mm. upload and or I'm going to make them go look at it themselves because we don't want to sell any more of these. Well, no, I'll add them in for you. you. It. Okay. So I found some. I have no idea where these fall in terms of popularity. I just looked at ones that I thought looked cool. Um, 943. It's a deep blue kind of leaning purple. Um, I don't know. Most of the ones that stood out to me, I don't know what it was, but were like, what I would consider to be like work appropriate inks, like the darker, you know, darker work, work safe ink. That's ah. not why you go Ink Studio, Brian. But, all right, so it's Ink Studio like, has fun colors. If you want dark colors, go to Diamine. Ink Studio has a lot of things, but I don't know. They also have a lot of other things outside of Ink Studio, like 
the Monyo and other series that are really fun too. That's true, so but, they don't, me, but they don't have a lot of saturated dark colors over there for either. For me, some of what stands out within the Ink Studio line are the darker, more okay. saturated colors. All right, all right. You know what I mean? So that's, that to, to state my case, that's what I might actually consider more of the hidden gems. Oh, I see where you're of going. Of the Ink Studio. Okay, I see, I does see. That, does that make sense? Um, so whereas, yeah. whereas outside of the line, they yeah. might they might be, you know, another brand, you might look to those first, but I don't know. You're probably not gonna go to Ink Studio looking for the darker colors. Right, exactly. I'll, I'll agree so with they you might there. be more more yeah. hidden gems. Sure, so okay. I, I took a different approach to that it. That is more well-defined than a lot of your other answers. Thank I'll you. Say that. I totally thought of that ahead of time mm, and tell. didn't just come up with it on the fly. Definitely. Um, so 943, pretty nice looking. Deep blue. Um, 464 is a nice teal. Mm. Had teal on the brain from answering the first question. Mm -hmm. Um, 735 is a nice dark purple. I don't know. I like dark. I've always liked dark purple inks. I don't know why. They're fantastic. Yeah, they're great. Um, And then this one's a bit of an oddball for me because I don't normally, not normally that into olive greens, but every now and then some of them kind of grab me. But Mm -hmm. 967 is a really nice looking olive green. So, yeah. Those are some ones that I thought would probably maybe not come to the top of the list for the Ink Studio, but yeah, that's what I got. Nice. Cool. Cool. All right. Ready for number five? I was born ready. Question number five. Let's do this. From Cybari. Cybari, Cybari. What's your favorite ink bottle's (laughs) shapes in terms of design and practicality? Hmm. Ink bottle shapes, Brian. Ink bottle shapes. Practical ones. Practical. That have yeah. good design. Yeah, Ferris Wheel Press would have to be the fairy tales, have to be top of my list. Oh, definitely fairy tales. Definitely yeah. the 35 mil diamond, too. Yeah. Or 30 mil. 30 mil diamond. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So practical. I, I hate love... being able to put my pens yeah, like inside mean, of uh, ink bottles. Yeah. I want small openings. Yeah, clearly we're not in this to have an easy time yeah. writing. Exactly. Because, you know, exactly. <laughs> it's got to be a challenge. I need uh, as many obstacles 100%, as possible. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, so, Pilot of Roshizuku. Of course. Obviously. Uh, it's beautiful, too. So, I don't know. In terms of design and practicality, I didn't know if design meant, like, aesthetics or design in terms of its use. I kind of interpret it as, just like, overall design. You know? So, like, part functionality, part how nice does it look. Oh, yeah. I guess it could mean design, but and, also practicality, or both design yeah, and... Yeah, I, pra- I couldn't tell. Oh, okay. I combined them for mine, I but you go tell. ahead. Yeah, so I... I I kind of went with both. I didn't pick like purely design because like there's some beautiful ink bottles that are not the most practical picking on Ferris Wheel Press. Their their bottles are beautiful, but some of that and like Jerobon, like the 30 mils, some of these come at the sacrifice maybe of some practicality, but they do look really cool. Sure. Those I'll steer away from a little bit. I went for ones that I think do look nice, Mm -hmm. but are definitely practical. Like, even if they didn't look as nice, I would still like them for their use. Um, Pilot Orochizuku, so it's very attractive. It's very sturdy. Mm -hmm. Um, It's got a nice wide mouth. The cap is very sturdy. I never feel like I'm going to crack the cap or anything. Um, And it's got the indent at the bottom. So you can get a little further down into the bottle. That's a very, very, very slight It's a slight indent. indent. Does it really make any difference? It makes some difference, but... It's so tiny. I don't know. I just maybe that's more of an aesthetic thing. I appreciate the the thoughtfulness to include that. It and does look cool. It does look it cool. It gives it a nice like you yeah. can you can instantly it is, know. It is functional, but is it wildly functional? No. It would not. it would be it would be functional for a syringe. 
Sure. Right. You would, exactly. it, it would allow you to get the very last tiny bit, yeah. but not for a nib. But I mean, you could, you could do that with syringe with really any bottle. You don't have to have an indent. You know, really yeah, you'd have to it. like tilt it though and get to that corner. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to give the indent some credit, Brian. I, it's maybe that's more aesthetic than anything, <laughs> but I appreciate okay. it. Um, it is a very cool bottle. And to be fair, you have used multiple complete bottles of Orochizuku. So, I have. So I can't. I have to trust your opinion on this. I really only have like I only have. Uh, I think I have three ink colors that I've ever like killed a whole bottle and reused. Uh, Noodler's Black because I use that for the Nib Nook, mm-hmm. so I've killed a couple bottles of that. Mm-hmm. Um, Iroshizuku Kanpeki because mm-hmm. it's just I use a ton of that, and then Robert Oster Blue Water Ice. I've always ruined my bottles before, you know. I've either left them uncapped, and oh. you know something like a, you know, piece of, you know, I don't know, something fell in it, or <laughs> I left it out by the sun and it got moldy, or I dropped it, really? or spilled it, and mm. got mad at it, or started to hate it. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Never finished an ink bottle. Okay. Interesting. No. Interesting. I've done a few. Little little side note here in the comments. What bottles of ink have you all completely used up and then bought again? So curious if you've ever done that. Let us know. Um, next one I have, this is an obscure one, but the Pilot Blue ink bottle that comes with the Custom 823. Mm-hmm. Now, I think in Japan that's available. But what do you like about that? In the U.S., it's a cool shape. It's got a nice wide mouth. Um, and it's fairly deep, so it's got a very like sturdy base to it. But it's it's like is rounded. Deep good though, like I thought that would make it more hard to fill a pen. No, it's good because then you know it's same thing like with the Robert Oster bottles. You know, yeah, it's not super super narrow or it's not super um, wide. Right. The mouth is wide enough, but the deeper it is, you can you know continue to fill it. So especially if you have like bigger nibs, mm-hmm. you can fill it longer than if you have like something really shallow. Oh, I you know see. What I, mean? I see. Yeah, because you don't need to tilt the bottle quite as much. Yeah. That. Now the flip side of that is like something like the Robert Oster. It's it's a little more top heavy. Yeah. So you have to like sort of like stabilize the bottle mm-hmm. as you're filling it or something like that. But I didn't put Robert Oster on here for some of those reasons. Um, but that Pilot Blue is pretty cool. Also, I like the Namiki bottles. They only have two colors, but the bottles are cool. They look cool. They look kind of like flying saucers, but I like it because they have an insert inside mm-hmm. of them. I love, love inserts, mm-hmm. and almost no one has them. Mm-hmm. Um, Pelican Edelstein, I think. That's like kind of up there with the Iroshizuku for me. The bottles themselves are very attractive. I love the way they look, and I love the writing on them. It's not a label, but it's just like, I don't know what that technique is called, but the the writing for the for the ink name and everything and the brand is on the it's glass. It's almost like a silk screen or something like that. Yeah, maybe it's silk screen. I don't know if that's officially the technique, but it looks awesome. And you never have to worry about staining it when no. you're filling. So that I love. And it's got those big, chunky caps. Yeah. I love sturdy caps, Yeah, which is cool. The big old logo in the top, too. Yeah, it just looks really sharp. And Great it's practical. It's stout. That wide mouth. Now that one is a little like wider, not quite as deep. Yeah. So that one you're gonna have to do some tilty action at some point or get a syringe out or whatever, but still, they are cool bottles. Um, this is gonna sound kind of weird. If we're going more in the design practicality, less in the um aesthetics, the Lamy fifty mil, the what is it, the T fifty one or whatever, God. whatever is it called? That's a Just horrendously like ugly bottle. It is definitely not winning any beauty contests. No. But what's so 
cool about it from a design standpoint it is, cool. is that definitely does have a usable indent in the bottom. It does. It's a little phallic. It looks a little odd if you ever take the bottom off of that yeah. bottle. It looks pretty weird. It looks like a spinning top almost. Yeah. But you can Phallic fit, isn't what I would use there, but I get what you're saying. You can fit a pretty good size nib down deep down into that. And, and it tilts you can, itself. You can get a really proper fill out of that for yeah. almost the entire bottle. Yeah. So I appreciate that practicality. And it comes Plus, with toilet paper. It comes with, yeah, comes with nib nib toilet paper, yeah. um, which no other brand does. That's for sure. pretty interesting. Again, not the prettiest thing, but wildly practical. Um, Sailor, they're 50 mil square bottles like you have with the Monos. Mm-hmm. I really like those. They're very attractive. They're very attractive, yeah. Yeah. And I, like a, I like a good thick bottom square bottle. Yeah. And that's like a nice, nice it's like a nice in between, not something too squatty yeah. and wide, but not something super deep that's going to be top heavy. It's yeah. just very like sturdy, solid, just looks really nice. Cube. Yeah, cubey. Um, so I like that. Um, and then kind of along the same lines, the Urban 50 mil like you get with the 1670 or the Very 1798s. Very similar bottle, a little larger. Similar square kind of bottle. But what I like about that is it's got the wax on the cap. It's got the little string with the wax seal on it. It just looks so classy, yeah. the wax seal on it's there. It's very classy. So I kind of like that as well. Yeah. Um, just going particularly uh, practicality based. Particularly- I just looked at your notes. Yeah. It's really funny. I'll let you explain. Yeah, that, no, I mean. You have a theme. I do. You have a theme with yours. Inserts. <laughs> Nothing matters unless it has an insert. It's all garbage unless you have an insert. Every little bit of it, like you'll enjoy your first couple fills, but after a certain point, they're mm. all miserable. Mm. They're all a challenge. They're all miserable. I ain't going <laughs> to fool with it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to decant that into a sample. Mm. But what I do is every ink bottle I use, if I get a full bottle, it goes in my Namiki bottle. Wow. It goes in my Namiki empty bottle because it's got a little cup in there. The mm-hmm. Namiki bottles, blue and black, have an insert, works great. The um, uh, platinum bottles, the carbon bottles, uh, sorry, the pigmented bottles, and the um, classic ink bottles, those all have inserts as well, so go with them. And the Twisby 60 mil bottles all have inserts as well. They're great. That's what you need. If you want to buy them separately, you can at our store. They're, like, really cheap. Yeah, because we, uh, we make samples out of them, and then we have the bottles left over. So, yep. and we will include this. The uh, we'll, we will include the inserts with them. We don't throw those away. So, yeah, um, unless, that, that unless is, Drew gets his hands on them, he'll hoard all the inserts. I and, just, no, I just took, I just <laughs> had my one um, Namiki bottle. But uh, is that yeah. the only one you use? You just that's the only one I use. Wow. It was, it was once Namiki black, and now it's whatever bottle I have. What do you have um, in there right now? Carbon you know? black, carbon black, platinum carbon black. Wow, you're really branching out hard. Well, I just, I. I <laughs> I always want to have black ink on my desk. Okay. Like that, that's what I want. I just, no matter if I'm testing a pen, like yeah, that, that's what sense. I, because I have that flex pen I've been testing out. Yeah. So that's what I use with that. Okay. It's there for me. But then I also have my butter popcorn in my, like in the giant, like old school hand grenade Ferris wheel press bottle. Yes. Um, so that's in there too. But uh, those are the only, nice. th- no, no, no. And I have a bottle of SBRE Brown from Ackerman in my office. Okay. That's a cool bottle. It is a freaking cool bottle. I mean, that's the coolest bottle. If we're talking like cool bottles in the industry. Is it the coolest? Absolutely. It's up there. It's Absolutely. Up there for and sure. Mont Blanc's got a cool little bottle with a little little nugget boot. thing. And yeah, that's a pretty cool the one. Boot. But no, Ackerman, like easy. It's pretty cool. Yeah, super cool. Pretty cool. So right. yeah. Nice. Inserts. You're an insert kind of guy. Uh, yeah. Honestly, Ackerman, if you grab one of those bottles, you reuse that with anything because that's the same principle. Yeah. Except you don't have to deal with a little dirty piece of plastic. Yeah. Um, love to hear what ink bottles you all love too. Very interactive pencast this week. Talk to us. Yeah. We're lonely. Um, but you can also 
Speak for yourself. I am. Um, <laughs> email us at pencast at if you are an audio listener. Let us know any questions you have or leave us questions in the comments and we will read them, maybe. All right. We do not have a pen spotlight this week. No. But Drew came up to me earlier today and was like, maybe we should talk more about DC before we both forget everything that happened. I was like, that's a great idea. So Because I've already forgotten. Yeah. We are going to have a... DC pin show highlight. Um, we talked about it a little bit in episode 100, but we were also we kind of didn't very like like in the moment there. But now we've had some time to reflect, so we're going to talk about DC. All right. Um, so first of all, I think I, I don't know if we need to go me you me you, but like you know we can just we can you just know chat. Talk. Yeah. Huge, huge, huge freaking show, Brian. It was a big turnout, like bigger than any DC show I've ever seen. Well, you went. You've how many have you been to at this point? You've been to like six or seven of them, maybe. Yeah, at least. Yeah, you went last year. Whatever. I remember the first. I, I went. I remember. I think my first show was when Canalea first showed up onto the scene. That was a while ago. So sixteen. That's maybe? probably it. Yeah, that sound right. It was their first pen show, and I remember uh, Rob Rosenberg still had um, Conklin at the time because I saw him there. Is it Conklin? Yeah, he had Esterbrook. Oh, maybe it was Esterbrook. Yeah, I don't think he had Conklin. I think he had Esterbrook. Either way, yeah. So I remember he was there. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw Dan Smith there. This is at the old, old yeah, hotel. Yeah, the old, too. old, old one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so okay. I'm just trying to think of, like, context clues of how old it might have been. But anyway, no, it's been a while. So oh, I've been to a lot of them. This been is a bunch. easily the biggest. Yeah. I heard, I don't know if this is official, I heard it was the biggest pen show ever, like, the, of any of them, including all the past DC ones. Um, numbers that I heard are not verified that there was something like 430 tables there. I don't know how many people rolled through the show, but it had to be several thousand because there it was, was massive. a ton of people. It was massive. And the lobby was hopping like even during the day, it, really was. it was full of people chatting yeah. at night. It was full of people chatting and the lobby was so loud. Really like was. we were there, we had lobby conversations throughout the entire weekend. Yep. And by Sunday morning, when we were supposed to do the pencast, our voices were shot. We were gravelly. Like gravel. It was, you know, you're talking, you know, tile floor, tile everything, big open space, oh, yeah. so echoey. Everybody's so excited and enthusiastic. And yeah, it was just uh, yelling yeah. and yelling and yelling. Um, yeah. When I drove up, so you were already there. I drove up mm-hmm. after um, after work. Uh, On no, no. The Friday. Yeah. Took off a half day, I think, like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, drove up. Mm-hmm. I stopped to get um, some little packets of that Starbucks instant coffee because I didn't want to have to deal with buying oh. coffee all weekend. Because, okay. They had a little know, coffee maker in the room. They did, which I There's used a little cake up for machine water because they only give you like two cu- two K-cups and they don't give you any liquid creamer. It's that, you know, either the stuff that never goes bad, which you don't trust, or powdered mm. crap. Oh, so I went to buy nice. I went to buy some of that and I got some half and half too, so... I'm like, all right, I'm going to have decent coffee this weekend. Wow, you're committed. I am. That's part. It's my happy process. So I drove up there. It took me three hours to get there. And, you know, in my AC in the, you know, 2009 CRV is only but so good. Mm. So it was not cold in there. Um, and I'm just thinking this half and half is just going to go bad before I get there. Yeah. And um, so I was concerned it about last, that. It can last several hours. I didn't. Yeah, I, I was skeptical. Um, Wait, did you buy it down here? Yeah. And then drive up? Why didn't you just yeah. buy it up there? Because I don't know where half and half stores are. Who knows if they even have half and half in D.C.? They don't even know <laughs> what that is up there. They literally have it I know. at every convenience I didn't th- store, I thought it, it's every the, gas It's station. only supposed to take like an hour and a half, Brian. So 
On a Friday afternoon, though? Yeah. You know. I know. You drive to D.C. more than I do. I do. I've been driving up there for 20 plus years. I I accounted for some traffic. I didn't account for like the massive construction that was taking everything down. Right. That was unavoidable. So anyway, I get there. I'm like trying to bring in all this crap because I had all this, all the the, the mics and the speakers and everything like that. So I'm unloading all this. Mm -hmm. But the first thing I have is this half and half. So I get in, I check in, get my room, but I'm immediately met with a bunch of people that are like, hey, Drew, I'm like, I have half and half. I need to get in my fridge right now. You're like an organ donor. Like to, a, a, yeah, seriously. A, a in my transplant. mind, in my mind, I thought I was like, there was a ticking time bomb that You're was like, just going to- curdling as we speak? Like, yes. No, 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 no. I thought it was like, good, 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 good. And then completely bad. On like In my mind, that's what was happening. So I'm just like freaking out, like, gotta get my half and half to the room fridge. Yeah. And then once I did- I think I was just so tired because I was like stressing about it unnecessarily. About your half and half. Wow. I did, yeah. So wow. I got it in there. I got it in the fridge. Wouldn't it be funny? I didn't check. I know they had like a little like whatever convenience, a little convenience center. Oh my God. If they the had hotel. half and half there. <laughs> oh jeez. No, no, don't I know even. they had a lot of drinks and stuff. Don't even. No, there's How no funny way would that they be, did. Though? There's no How way. How funny would that be if they had half It wouldn't half. be funny at all, Brian. It would be tragic. <laughs> So anyway, right. I did that. At I got all knew. the equipment. You knew driving up there that you had your half and half. I got all the equipment up to my room. I was so tired, but I was super excited to talk to everybody. So then I came yes. down. I was like, hey, hello, we can talk now. Hi. There you go. I'm. Did you have a coffee when you got there? Completely frazzled. No, not immediately. I was hot. No. Oh, I was yeah. all hot and exhausted. No. Iced coffee? I don't know. I don't do iced coffee. What? Why not? Because I don't drink coffee for the flavor. I drink it for the, the, the warm coziness. I mean, this I like is, the I like the flavor, but I never. Guy, it's like ninety some degrees out here right now in the middle of August in Virginia. No, he's wearing pants year round. He wears pants and boots and boots or Converse's. Well, today I'm wearing boots. Yeah, but yeah, you have Converse. a lot of you have a lot of coverage on your body, mm-hmm. and you're drinking hot coffee like all day. Yeah, coffee's cozy. It makes me comfortable. It's soothing. <laughs> it's relaxing. Um, oh, so man. yeah, okay. that that was a thing. All right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Saturday morning, I got up and I had breakfast at uh, the original Pancake House, is what they call it. So oh. that was the first, the first one ever. First yeah. Pancake House in the world. Wow. I know. That's How crazy. About that? right? I'm pretty sure it's a chain. What an honor. But uh, um, it's a chain. That's ironic. I, I, I'm pretty sure there's more than one at least. But I went there with um, my friends Paul and Sandra, and I got mm-hmm. myself some corned beef hash, which is oh, just always amazing. You do like some corned beef yeah, hash. Yeah, it's always good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was that was a nice beginning of my day. And then okay. came back, and Saturday was Bananas. Saturday. It was yeah, crazy. Man. Absolutely insane. I didn't see you on Saturday until, like, 1.30 no, or something like no, that? No, we weren't texting at all. We were just like, I'm per- I'm sure he's here somewhere. They're yeah. like, where's Brian? Uh, I think he's around. I haven't seen him. But. I, had to, I had to meet with one of our – I had to meet with, with Tatya, with Shujan, the founder of Tatya. She had some things to show me. That Some we'll very cool looking have things. to show you pretty soon. Um, so yeah, I went before the show officially opened. I went in there and talked to her. Um, so yeah, I did that, and I I was like, I didn't know if you were coming to that or what, but no, you were no, uh, I had, I'd, you were corn beef hashing it up. Yeah. I guess and I had then, I had a pre I had a pre arranged breakfast date. I, gotcha. Scott knew. I think okay, you must have missed that one. Yeah, I would, so it's there's so much going on. <laughs> but yeah, that happened, and then it was just absolute madness for the show, and then. I think I ran into three or four people that were like, 
oh yeah, I saw Drew. He's all right. you know, I ran into other people that had right. seen you that morning, but I was like, I have no idea where he is. Yeah. So that's all right. We were it's, divide it's and conquer. Yeah. Yeah. I later found out that there were people that I would have liked to have seen there. They're like, oh, I missed you. I'm like, oh my God, you were there. What? Yeah. It's just so <laughs> difficult to get around and talk to everybody. Um, very cool. Yeah. Any other highlights on your end? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I have like a whole thing. What were you gonna? I can do. Yeah. No, I'm saying we. I don't want to interrupt your like flow. If you. Oh no no. I'll I know if we, you're going like chronologically. Talking no, no. About I said earlier thing. that we don't need to go. Drew okay. Brian, we can bounce. Brian. We can bounce a yeah, little bit. So to... yeah, I got there around. So I went up actually early because Rachel's family lives in the area. So we went up actually Thursday. Mm-hmm. Got a little family visit time in, which was nice, um, especially because I was going to be consumed with the show all weekend. So Rachel wanted to get some extra time with her family. She hasn't seen her parents much this year, um, and then. You know, it was nice for me to get to see anybody because I was going to be gone so much. Um, so that was cool. So I arrived to the show actually around Friday, around 4.15 or so. So kind of towards the tail end of Friday. Um, met up with some folks. Uh, I got to do this uh, writing analysis oh, yeah. machine. Yeah. I did that too. So Pilot uh, had this machine. I've never seen anything like this. Um, so it was like this blue machine. I got some pictures we can overlay. Yeah. Um, Drew and I both did it. And it was a machine that analyzes your writing pressure. Did you write that down somewhere? Your pen angle. Did I write it down? It's in the notes here somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I got pictures. We'll, we'll make it happen. Right. I'm just saying if you wrote, I want to make sure that you wrote it down somewhere so I know to add a picture. Okay. Because I will totally forget that. All right. I'll make it really big. Pictures. All right. Okay. Um, I'll make it bold. Awesome. And red. Oh, there we go. Um, so went did that. That was pretty neat. You what know, did you learn was, about your writing pressure? Well, it was interesting. I was like, I want to do this machine because I've always spoken, as many of you know who've watched the videos, I've always said that I have sort of a heavy hand, but I don't know if that's actually true because I don't know how heavy everybody else's hand is. I've never um, weighed any of other hands. Yeah. So they had, I don't know what the actual measurement was. It was very scientific. Like it was pretty official. Um, so it measured the writing pressure with whatever the pressure unit that they used. Mm-hmm. Um, and mine was, I forget what the number was. I have it written down here somewhere, but it was like 200 or something like that. It was and on the heavier side. On the heavier side. It specifically said in there like heavy pressure. Yeah. So it's like, oh, scientifically validated. Yep. And I think part of why Pilot actually brought that machine to the DC pen show is because they wanted to understand how Americans write with their pens different than Japanese. So I think they're probably taking this machine all over the place, but um, you know, it's kind of cool to like, I'm a data point in their system. So I think that's kind of neat. I've seen, you know, I saw a bunch of people use this machine Mm -hmm. myself. I think I got like a 150, something like that. It was like, they said my pressure was more than yours. Yeah. They said that my pressure was more average to standard Japanese writing pressure. Oh, Okay. Um, but Which I saw, makes sense why you you know you write with a lot of like Japanese finer nibs and stuff yeah. like that, and that's maybe why like I don't like them as much because I write with them heavier, yeah. more natural. But that, the writing pressure that I saw people use was all over the place. There were ones that were yeah. higher than Brian. There were ones that were far lower than mine. The mm-hmm. pressure I think was incredibly variable. Yeah, from what I saw. But one thing that was very consistent was that um, I. All of the ones I saw had a very pretty consistent 45-degree writing angle. Hmm. Um, which, mine, mine was a 50-degree writing angle. Yeah, yours angle. was a little higher than normal. Yeah, but it's tough because it was like... You only the, did you only wrote your name, so it wasn't yeah. like a ton of data. Yeah, and the pen that you were using, it had like this, this wire attached yeah. to it. So I may have been compensating for that. So it wasn't like totally a normal 
writing scenario. Yeah, so I think that I think that the average Japanese angle is higher than the average American. I would angle. imagine so. Um, yeah. So they're probably so. going to learn some stuff about that for sure. Yeah, because yeah. I know a lot of their nibs are ground to perform better at a higher angle. Yeah. So. Right, because that's more common. Yeah. yeah. And then it had rotation too. Mm-hmm. So it told you how much I was four degrees rotated to the left, apparently. Yeah, I think I was slightly rotated as well. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. I don't know what that means. Four degrees doesn't sound like a huge deal to me, but you know, again, it's something. Yeah. You're like at this show at this table and you're like hinted this pen with this weird lead on it. So it's like, okay, like I'm trying to do this, but I don't, I don't know how like natural this is to how I would normally write. Yeah. But it's, a data point, at least, that I've never had in my life about how I write. So I thought that was kind of neat. What pen was it? Was it Vanishing Point? No, it was like a like a 743 or an 823. It was like a bigger, bigger yeah, pen. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, a yeah. solid color pen. Um, I want to say it was like a not a, like a 742 maybe, yeah. like a bigger size pen, but I think it had a flat top to gotcha. it. Gotcha, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. <clears throat> But anyway, so that was kind of neat. Yeah, that was fun. Um, so we did that. That was kind of cool. What else? Um, so then um, we went out, uh, went out to dinner, um, did some like networking with like, th- when I go to shows, I'm like, I mean, I love spending time with fans and other influencers and stuff like that. But a lot of suppliers and people that we work with want to try to link up and have business dinners. Mm-hmm. So that's normally what I'm focused on and coordinating in my kind of off time at the shows. Um, and during the shows, I'm, walking around basically my whole focus at the show is like i'm going to talk to everybody that you know is a fan and recognizes me and all that kind of stuff like so i know that like okay i'm at this table right now with say yaffa and i'm trying to make it over to the kenro table over there which is right next to which is like 20 feet away (laughs) and i'm like okay it's probably going to take me 20 to 30 minutes to walk after talking to people to like make it that far over. So I'm sort of, that's sort of my strategy at these really busy shows is I kind of identify who are the like business relationships and people that I want to catch up on. Because a lot of, a lot of times they'll bring, you know, sometimes they'll have things to the public that they're showing that are new that we've maybe seen an email blast, but we haven't seen in person. So it's like, Oh, if I can see it in person, hold it. Like that gives me a ton of context, you know, and, and Drew, I know you do the same. And sometimes they may have things that are not for public display yet, but they're like, we have the thing that we can show you that you know is coming, but you know, da da da. So a lot of times there's stuff like that that I can sort of get the inside scoop on. So I'm trying to touch touch base with as many of our like business relationships as possible with plenty of community interaction in between. So it's almost a little unfortunate for me because I don't really get to look at any pens. Like yeah. pens on tables that people have. DC is not of cool the best stuff. place for that. It's too busy. Yeah. It's too busy. I can do that at other shows. Yeah. Like I've done it in Atlanta and yeah. San Francisco and stuff like that. It's a little, it's a little calmer. Yeah. A little more space, which is cool. But at DC, no, it didn't happen at all. I mean, I, other than like specifically the pens that were being shown from the ones that like we're going to be carrying. I don't, I don't think I really got to look at a single mm-hmm. pen that, you know, was just out on tables because I was, no joke. So, you know, there's that whole Friday night thing. I'll give you some chronology here of what my experience was like at the DC show. And I know this going in and I'm excited by it. I'm excited by people. So I do get energized, but it is a lot. So Friday night, 4.15, talk at the show, have dinner, come back. I get back around nine or something like that. And I was in the hotel lobby from nine until about 1.30 in the morning talking to people. You know, got to see like Brad, 
Dowdy, who I've seen at many shows and we've worked together before. Aziza, Gourmet Pens. I've never met her in person, which is insane. But I, I got to meet her on Friday night. She, awesome. she, she, she was like, she was very excited. Yeah, well, she was like, hey, you need to introduce me to Brian. I'm like, you know Brian. She's like, no, no, yeah, I don't. Like, I was like, yeah, yeah you do. No, 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 I don't. No, never met her I was before. like, what? She was very, she was very excited. Oh, she's she was a like, delight. Yeah. She's just yeah. a human sunshine. She's awesome. There's a lot of other people that I got to meet who... I'm going to leave people out and I'm sorry, but I'll generalize. I got to meet a lot of cool, like pen influencers, a lot of people who have podcasts and other things. Very, very cool. Um, and then let's see here. Um, yeah. A lot of just mingling, networking, that kind of stuff. Went to bed very late, woke up, got my breakfast at eight thirty. Eight. I literally like scooted off into like a corner and ate my breakfast. Cause I was like, I know today's gonna be a lot. So I need to like get some sustenance in me. And then go ham on the show. So pretty much from the time I went to go like talk to Tatya at nine, I did not sit down, go to the bathroom, take a break. I was literally standing, talking, listening from basically like nine in the morning until 530 that evening. I did not take a break. I did not leave pretty much that main ballroom. Why? Because I was talking to people the entire Well, so was I, but I still know how to break off conversations and take breaks. I'm really bad at breaking off conversations. You are. I'm pretty, I get really focused when I'm talking to people and everything else kind of cuts away. Mm. And so like, and I'm, that's why I'm there. Well, I'm you're, there I, yeah. to see people yeah. and talk to people. Well, I am too, but yeah. I also know that I need breaks to function. Which is good. Yeah. I don't need breaks to function. <laughs> I can go, I'm pretty much like a ju- I'm like, to go with a, a, I don't know if this is a Marvel or a DC. Juggernaut is Marvel. Jugger, juggernaut is yeah. Marvel. Okay. So I'm like Juggernaut. Yeah. Like once I get going at a show like this, yeah. like I don't really think about eating. I don't really think about going to the bathroom or anything. As long as stuff's happening and there's people and all that going on, like I'm just, I'm in the moment and I'm there. No, I have to take breaks. So, and, yeah. you know, and, and, and no, like it was easy to, you know, every conversation came to a natural close um, and everybody was really re- respectful. If there was, someone was kind of like hovering, like wanting to chat, sure, sure. you know, people were like, okay, well, I'll let you go and I can talk to somebody yeah. else. And yeah. so, no, it was pretty good. And I do know that I need breaks to function. Well, you're a little more, you're surprisingly introverted. I, yeah. So you need that. I'm in, I'm in my happy place for sure but yeah. it still does take stuff out of me so oh, yeah. that was one reason I wanted to get some good coffee because I go upstairs sit on my bed while the coffee well while the hot water is brewing because yeah. then I use the water but right. sit on the bed and just breathe get the coffee go back down you know just it's that's it's good. only it's that's like healthy. it's like 10 minutes that's a know? healthier approach than what I do at it's shows. not much well yeah I've, I'm I've, just like I'm like there this I'm is like, my fourth show of the like, year you yeah. know number five's coming up next true, week so true. at a show that's not as busy mm-hmm. I would take more breaks and stuff like that but yeah. like DC for me is like the it's like the Super Bowl. Yeah, you got to get get it networking in limited time. Yeah. So it's like I know eating, sleep, comfort, it all comes secondary. Yeah, I will say I did skip lunch. I didn't I didn't have a lunch, but I had a I you ended know. up my lunch on Saturday. Yeah. I was hanging around the Yafa who is like Monteverde Conklin mm-hmm. and them. They had like ordered a pizza or something. And I just happened to kind of be nearby. And they were like, hey, we've got plenty. Like, grab a couple of slices. And I was like, go. actually, that's really convenient. So I yeah. had a couple of slices of pizza yeah, while no, standing I had a, up. I had a pretty solid breakfast, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I just I skipped lunch, but um, had a really good uh, dinner. Nice. Went out went out with Aziza and Brad and, you know, awesome. um, some, some of Aziza's podcast buddies and her friend Sim, who's just a delight. 
That's um, so yeah, I got to, we shared an Uber with, uh, Brad and, um, had great conversations. So, um, yeah, no, that, that was fantastic. The awesome. more time I can spend with those folks, the better. Cause yeah. it's just, they're amazing people. They're good people. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Then, so for me that Saturday night, then after the show, I was meeting up with, uh, Brian and Andrea Gray. Mm-hmm. We've, we've had in the past the tradition of DC, like ever since we did like the premiere, like they were our first our first collab like exclusive pen that we ever carried was mm-hmm. Edison. So early on, we established a tradition of going out to dinner, like me and Rachel and Brian and Andrea. So we did that, but they haven't been, they haven't gone to the DC show in like five, five or six years. Um, Cause they had conflicts and all this kind of stuff, but it was the first one that they were back. So we were like, let's go out to dinner again. That would be really fun. So we did that. Rachel didn't actually attend the show. She really wanted to spend time with her family. And this show would have just been, way too would much have for her broken her it would have been absolutely. too much for her i mean so. even i remember even you know when the dc show was in the old hotel she would still need to take hotel room breaks oh yeah like she would you know say nope, i'm done need to go up to well, the room for a little bit you know yeah that's part of we so her family lives in the area so we used to not get a hotel room we would just stay with her family and drive back and forth to the show but we got to the point where like she needed a break so we would get a hotel room partly so that we could just have a break yeah. room for her. And then it was like, well, it's more convenient for me, especially because I'm like a night owl and I'm like, I want to talk to people in the lobby. Mm-hmm. So it was like, well, I'll just get a room and I'll just, when we go to the show, I'm like, I will disappear from the family, be at the show 100%. And when the show's over, I go back to the real world. Yeah. It's so great. It's just to, easier that like, way. For whenever me. I need it, there was one time, you know, I, uh, as soon as I just started, stopped freaking out about my half and half, <laughs> I saw my friends Jim and Rachel Crawford just chilling outside the lobby. And I just plopped down right next to them. I was like, hey. They're like, hey. And I was just like, you know, you don't talk to people for, oh, you know, months, sometimes more at a time. But, yeah. you know, you know that they're familiar. You know they're friends. And you just, you don't have to, you know, I'm at the point now where I don't have to be on, you know, sure. for anybody. I can just be like, just chill. Yeah. You, know, you know, and it's great to have these community members like that and these, you know, pen friends that are just so welcoming and comfortable to be around. Well, and it's like you've said before, it's easy going to these shows because, you know, especially for you and, and for me too, like we put ourselves out there on things like this. So people already know a lot about us. Yeah. So it like makes like conversation entry oh, points yeah. so seamless. It's great. How are the dogs? People great. Let me tell you, you know, yeah, it's just exactly seamless. How's Shannon show going? Pretty good. You know, yeah. it's just, it's just, and I love that. It's like half the work's done for you already. Yeah, absolutely. It's same, amazing. Yeah, same, same. Yeah. Um, came back from dinner with the Grays. Stayed in the hotel lobby again until about and we missed each other two in the morning at that point, didn't we? I don't. Think I, I saw s- you, but yeah. you, you know, there were Saturday night. There were probably 150 people in the lobby. Like it was hopping so loud. So I had to, I went. I finally went up when I started losing my voice. Okay, because I was like, I You're have like, to. I have to talk. Yeah, I have to talk for my tomorrow job. morning. So yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I didn't think, worry about that. I was like, I'm just gonna be a gravel. gravel I think box. I went up about midnight um, because yeah. I was like. It was getting to be painful mm. um, because I was talking all day, and yeah. I probably could yeah. have been more quiet. I'll, t- I'll tell you that. That's an understatement. Uh huh. So yeah, I had pretty much exhausted all of my um, guttural resources that day. Yeah, and then you know I could have gotten more sleep, but whatever. And then for breakfast on Sunday morning, you and I actually met up together, yep. and we were like tucked away, like hidden from everybody, because we were like. We just need to recoup before we go do this pen cast. I mean, that's just where they sat me in the restaurant. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't pick it. Oh, okay. But it just happened to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. And then you and I both were just like, have you lost your voice yet? And you're like, yep. Yeah. Like, all right. (laughs) Well, we're just going to do the pen cast like this, I guess. Yeah. Luckily, (laughs) 
by time the pancast rolled around, we were pretty well recovered. So yeah, got some food in us, and yeah. you know, I had like I had plenty of cough drops in my backpack. Yeah, as you all know <laughs> from a couple of weeks ago when I pulled out all these cough drops. Yep, I threw and, out all uh, the ones that are expired though. And the, and the pencast went well. As you saw, the audio it was did. good. The video quality was pretty darn good considering overhead fluorescent lighting. Um, you know, big yeah. thanks to Brian and Adrian who helped us set up and take everything down and were there managing the Q&A portion and the uh, audio levels of the uh, PA system that we brought. Yeah, I'm really so, glad they were there. Yeah, they were. Because we had some technical stuff that we were figuring <clears throat> out. You know, we had this like app that we were trying to use to ask, you know, have people ask questions real time. But there was just stuff that we couldn't test for, like the app that we were using because the whatever was on the hotel Wi-Fi, which was like an unsecured connection. The app was like, who nope. knew a basement They're hotel like, Wi-Fi? We will connection not allow you good. to use this app on this Wi-Fi. And we were like, OK, didn't anticipate that. So thankfully, the folks at the D.C. show, they knew we were going to be there. They had like a mobile hotspot thing. So they hooked yeah. us up with that. That was probably that was probably the biggest. That was the biggest hiccup. Yeah, Um, and just so everybody knows, everybody that was there got one of these stickers, which is the Corgi Kaiju sticker, which is great. Um, I will have a few of these in San Francisco. If you were at the San Francisco Pen Show, I do have some of these extra. So, um, you know, flag me down. I'll throw one at you. Nice. I'm surprised you have any left. Honestly, yeah, we gave them out. out We gave we gave out over hundred. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, actually, no, I gave out you gave probably, out, yeah, probably gave, gave out like a like couple, couple dozen. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, Very cool. But no, I wanted to just kind of run down a list of people. I know I'm going to miss some folks uh, mm-hmm. because I saw so many, but I did, you know, see a lot of people that I did want to uh, shout out. So we did get to see our old buddy Jade Twyler. It was nice to see him again. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally met our friend Jane um, up in the front row. Finally got yes. to meet Natalie, got to meet Rob. Um, I met Tom from Gold Spot. I, always nice to mm-hmm. see the uh, the dudes from uh, Heinz Pen Company. I uh, chatted uh, about the the Witcher books with a nice nice lady named Lauren from uh, uh, um, a page called Ink Wishes. Uh, nice. April Wu was at the April Wu table. Love seeing her. Um, Mark Dwight from Rickshaw was there. Chatted with mm-hmm. him. Jonathan Brooks, Mark Bacchus, of course, Brian and Andrea Gray. Yep. Um, got to see Evan and Julian from Penquisition. They're always delightful. Of course, Ian Schoen, Mike Madison right next to him. Got to see uh, Marty Henderson and all of his retros. Mm-hmm. My friends Oscar, Brian, Jim. Um, like I said, um, Jim and Rachel and um, our friend Dan, the unofficial uh, science correspondent of the comment section. Yes. Um, and then uh, Kimberly was over there and uh, my new friend Michaela was there. So just I, I just so, so many. Those were just the first ones that popped into my memory as I'm trying to write down some notes here. But there were so many people and yeah. so many names. Uh, my friend Drew was there. I got to see him. He's a, just a delight. And uh, man, just too many to mention, too many to think of a name, but yeah. all equally delightful. So thank yeah. you all. Anybody who I got to speak with, it, it meant the world to me. Like I was we won't rehash. We we said a bunch of gushy, cheesy words during the pencast last week. But Brian and I, just the two of us earlier today, were just absolutely overcome with joy and uh, humbled to the point of speechlessness at the fact that we have the opportunity to do this with you right now here to engage with you in real life and to have you there now like that we can we know you're there and it is so incredibly valued by yeah. us and we can't put it into words but we, we we try every now and then just the two of us just be being overcome with uh yeah. appreciation for you and 
for sure. what you what you give us here because I know that you're like oh thank you so much for doing this you you're giving something right back yeah we wouldn't be able to sell pens we wouldn't be able to talk about pens if you weren't giving us your support every day so yeah we are immensely grateful for you and everything you do absolutely yeah and I was reminded of that because this is the first in person event that I'd done in four years. And, you know, this is the first in-person event I've done since we started the PenCast. And like, since you and I have really been working as closely together in video, like you've been in videos before, but it wasn't, wasn't the same as it's been since COVID. Yeah, right. So that was a whole new element to me. Um, and just getting reminded, you know, again, of like the actual people who are, you know, in this community. That's the thing I love the most about going to a show. There's a lot to love about going to shows. It's a huge hassle to get there and do the whole thing, but at least for us, at least there's so many amazing things that we get to pull out of it. And I was just reminded of that. And I was like, oh yeah, this is why I love going to this. Right. Um, so that was really cool. Plus my kids are a little older now and it's not like as burdensome yeah. to be gone for a couple of days. So that's really nice too, you know, but what was really cool, you know, after just going hard the whole show and I was there, I mean, I was there till the end on Sunday too. I know you drove home, you know, like after lunchtime, I stayed at the show because like basically we did our pen cast at like 11 o'clock. We finished around noon. And then afterwards, we there were all these people that wanted to like come up and say hi, which is great. So I was like, unless they kick me out of the room or unless everybody else leaves, I'm going to stay here and talk to everybody that went out of their way to be. Yeah, there. I was waiting to uh, pass that. Absolutely. So it was like two hours straight after mm -hmm. the pen cast that we were just talking to people. And we thought like, oh, we'll like split up across the room. We can have Drew. We can have me. And then that way, you know, people are in a rush or whatever. They can just see one of us and go. But pretty much everybody, like, saw one of us and then, like, went over and saw the other one. So, I mean, there are some people that waited, like, almost two hours, which is amazing to me, just to meet us. I'm like, I'm glad it was worth it for them. But I'm like, would I wait two hours to meet me? Probably nope. <laughs> to meet Drew? Uh, no, but it was, it was a huge honor. And then immediately after the last person that I was wrapping up with, I had one of our suppliers yeah. out there waiting for me. He's like, I got to show you this pen and immediately took me right back up into the ballroom. And that's about the time I abandoned you. And you abandoned me and that's fine because you had all the equipment and everything. But I was like right back up there. Yep. And then I was in the middle of the ballroom, like at the back. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I guess I'm here until it all shuts down. Because yeah. Well, that's we ended up talking no with. Uh, that's when we ended up talking with Krusek and uh, Jim yeah. Heinz and all exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. So that was really great. And then I, then I left for good. That's then you idea. left. Yep. And I stuck around until basically yeah. 530. Yeah, my my son, my son was being watched by my mom, so um, oh, nice. I needed to get home to because okay. uh, my wife had um, three, four shows that weekend, so oh, wow. we had to get him watched by two different people. Oh, so my gosh, it was a bit of a so it was a bit thing. to coordinate. Yeah, yeah, it was. Luckily, wow. Shannon handled all that. So you know. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. What was really cool for me? So after all that, I was that's when it sort of hit me, and I was like, okay, now I'm tired. <laughs> as soon as I left, so I like drove back, and I was like kind of just taken in the whole weekend and I get back we're at my sister-in-law's so like all the my kids and their cousins got to play together so I get back there and I'm just like kind of unpacking my stuff and whatever I'm kind of in a daze but my kids come out and then my niece and nephew come out like all four kids came out like not even putting shoes on they just all came out and we're like oh Uncle Brian you know and it was like you know I, I don't get a reception like that yeah. normally from the kids or like often when I travel, I'm like coming back at like, if I'm flying somewhere, especially I'm coming back at like 11 at night 
And it's like, my kids might wait up for me, you know, but it's not this big reception. But to have like four kids like jumping up and down and all this kind of stuff, I was like, well, this is cool. So it was like riding the high of the show and then coming home to my family. I was like, this is, this is pretty great. And then we all went out to like hibachi together. Nice. And that was fun and memorable. So just all around great, great weekend uh, for me. One, one, we did get a couple comments on YouTube about Q&A 100 or Pencast 100. Uh, the hilarious joke I made about you bringing logs with you to cut about asking whether mm-hmm. or not you brought some travel logs. Travel logs, yeah. Apparently, they think that would make a good sticker. So Travel logs. I just I, I, picture, I picture you in some red and black plaid with like just two logs tucked under your bo- just you know, mm. walking with your cargo shorts, you know, yeah. going on a little adventure, but making sure you have your logs with you just in case. I like it. You know. <laughs> travel <laughs> logs. I, I dig it. Um, um, let's see. We've got... Uh, you know, yeah, about 15 minutes until two hours. So yeah, why don't yeah, we wrap okay. this up and we then can, move on to what's happening? We can wrap it up. The one thing I will say to kind of wrap this up. So, um, you know, it was really cool. Even though Rachel wasn't there, she was able to see on like social media and stuff. Everybody who was like taking pictures with us, tagging us. I must have taken 100 selfies and I've got the freakish long arms. Yeah. And people got to see that in person. Like I'm like a human selfie. Stick. I was yeah, I was I, I always <laughs> People got me to hold the phone yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. So it got to the point where like, especially when we're like in a line, like meeting people, it was like, all right, give me your phone. Yep. Like I'll just do, you know, do the thing. And it was like, it was pretty funny. Um, but Rachel got to see like all the people like taking pictures and tagging. So she got to like get a, a little bit of a sense of what was happening at the show. But my daughter, who's 11, and it's not on social media, but she was seeing like what Rachel was looking at. She really latched on to the people that were like, Oh my gosh, I got to meet the Brian Goulet in like all caps. So as soon as I get back, Ellie's like, oh my gosh, it's the Brian Goulet. <laughs> and so that's our thing now that she's like, ooh, look at that. You know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. So it's like a little inside family joke there. So they got a kick out of that. Nice. Anyway, very cool. Cool. And then I crashed hard yeah. and got a little sick and kind of I was sick. through it. I was sick all week. I got a cold, tested negative for COVID several times, yeah. but it was a very common thing. I th- a couple of people, yeah. I think, did get COVID, but a ton of people got a cold. Yeah. Like I talked to probably a half dozen people that got the same just con I crud. I don't know if I actually had a cold or if I just went so hard and yeah. didn't get sleep and all that kind of stuff that like well, I'm sure that, depleted myself. Yeah, I'm sure that like you are more susceptible to illnesses oh, when sure. you exhaust yourself. So for I'm sure, sure that that, sure. that had something to do Combination with it. Combination of the thing, yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, I was, I definitely had something. It was the standard like, you know, feeling ill and then cough and then congestion and then, you mm-hmm. know, headaches. Was fine. And yeah. Kind of yeah. Cool. All right. Well, very cool. Anyway, it was a blast. Sorry if you weren't able to go there, but if you can make it to a pen show, it's if it's not wildly inconvenient, it's an experience no matter which show you go to. So I highly recommend it. All right. Well, there you go. We've talked a lot about what's happening, but outside of the show. So since right. the pen show, Drew, what's been happening what's in your life? Happening? Yeah. I got sick after the DC show. We we, we covered that. <laughs> yeah. I will say that um, Crystal, one of our um, team members here, gave me this, which 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 you saw. Yes. This is a patch. That I will put somewhere. Fantastic. My jack, my jacket's running out of real estate, but it's a patch with the dots candy logo on it. Yes. And when I saw this, she was handing it to me. I thought immediately she was trolling me. I'm like, yeah. you get that out of here. I'm not putting that anywhere on my bag or jacket or person. But then I noticed that it has a cross, you know, like a like a no cross, like Ghostbusters, know, yeah, anti um, dots through it. So this is a no dots, anti dots. That is such uh, a 
customized, I personalized I know. She patch. had it made. She had it made. Her friend has an embroidery machine, and she had it made for me. So um, That's awesome. Yeah, this 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 is very, very pleasing. So I wanted to share Your that. Your jacket was a hit. You, you really pull it off. It's really coming together. I ordered two new ones um, uh, this really? week. Yeah. Two new patches? Two or new patches. Jackets? No, I don't need two more jackets. Oh, okay. I already got like six. Gotcha. Um, five. Uh, but it's really, it's really coming together. <clears throat> yeah, I, I ordered a. Uh, this I was know. at the DC show. He wore the jacket. It's the first time I've seen the jacket. Yeah. We talk about it all the time, but I hadn't actually seen it. And then I saw him in it, and I was like, "All right, yeah, really pulling it off. Take care of business." Yeah. So I ordered. Um, there's a Ghostbuster patch. I'm going to put right here. Um, not nice. not the Ghostbusters. You know, this is the knockoff Ghostbusters. Oh. That was like from filmation. Oh. Um, okay. It was. It's kind of a long story, whatever. Okay. Um, but it's going to test the true nerds out there. If anybody knows what this patch looks like, they're 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 a real one. There you go. Um, and then I ordered another one that's like a pixelated ham, like what you'd find like if you're playing Castlevania and you yeah. like break a wall and like ah good meat and you walk yes. up and you know your health goes up. Like I just love that so much. It's a small one too, so I can fill in some of the gaps that I have because it is pretty full. Yeah. Um, but it just makes me so happy because I think of like a vampire hunter going through Dracula's castle, just like whacking a chain whip into a couple you know stone walls and, and finding a bone-in ham on a yeah, plate that's right. and being like, yeah, this is what I knew. I knew this was in here. Just eating it and all of a sudden like all of his wounds get healed and it makes me so happy. That's why I included a meat in the uh, 8-bit inventory pen. Yes. It makes me very, very happy. Of course. Of course. So anyway, that one's coming. Um, I did get to see my wife's show finally. She's in a musical right now and I uh, got to attend that on Saturday. That was delightful. Um, she always downplays it. She's like, oh, you know, it's okay. But I, I thought it was fantastic. It did have yeah. a um, the first act was kind of like, you know, ho-hum, but then the second act was hilarious. It was, you know, a, a very, you know, um, specific, it's called Honky Tonk Laundry. So it's a very specific, Okay. If the people that go there are going to know whether or not it's for them. So they got the right people in there just because of the name. It's like Fast and Furious. Like, you're already going to like it if you're showing up for it. Like, you, sure. you know what it's going to contain. But anyway, um, everybody laughed their butts off. And then when it came time for the audience participation aspect in the second oh. half, that's when people really started cracking up. But oh, I nice. know that she had been struggling to find the one person she needs to bring up on stage every night. Because mm-hmm. sometimes there's just not a good one. And she she used oh. the first half to kind of like scan to see like anybody that they need to be in the front-ish row or easily accessible. Uh-huh. They need to not be super old and capable of getting up on the stage. Yeah. They need to look like they're having a good time. And sometimes it just is so distracting to her, so panic-inducing for her. Mm. And I know that she would enjoy it and appreciate it more than I would feel awkward if I just, you know, were you said, that guy? I told her I was like, yeah, you can use me. That's fine. Wow. Because I knew that I'm like, oh my that god, that is life giving. Right this is there. gonna be this is gonna be terrible for me. But if I can do this for her and have her not have to worry about choosing somebody that's not gonna be all awkward, be like, no, 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 thank you. Oh, come on, get up. No, seriously, no, thank you. Like it, yeah, it's awkward and uncomfortable. Like she, yeah. she, nobody, she doesn't want to do this, but it's part of the show, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I did the. So I, you were the plant. I did you were the, the thing. plant in the audience. I did the thing, and uh, everybody was like, "Oh my god, it was so funny! You looked so awkward." I'm like, "Yeah, that because because yeah. I, I was." Awkwardness is you know? real. That's <laughs> great. Was. That's great. But everybody was like, "Oh, you did a good job. No, you did really good." I'm like, "Yeah, thank you, thank you." They could tell that I was suffering. It's funny. He'll sit here and do this like week after week. Right. Well, but then getting up in like a small theater. Yeah. In well, front that, of a bunch of strangers. That was another like, justification for because I'm like, honey, I, she's like, thank you so much. I know this is uncomfortable for you. I'm like, I just did like a live event with 100 plus people in it. Right. If I had said no to this, I would be such a hypocrite. Like, that's not fair. Yeah. So, yeah, I did it. But everybody was like, oh, my God, do you know her at all? I'm like, yeah, I'm married to her. Yeah. They're like, oh, my God, you look so uncomfortable. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like well. 
<laughs> that's great. It's like, yeah, it's kind of a talent of mine. To be fair, your wife is really good at making you uncomfortable. Oh, she was, yeah, she was yeah. hamming it up too. She was like, she was normally, she's like, normally I don't like touch people that much, but she like was like grabbing me by the face and be like, like singing to me like that. She's like, bah, bah, bah. <laughs> I could totally see oh, her. Oh, yeah, doing she, that. Was, she was really screwed. Oh, that's me. great. That's great. But um, so that was fun. Um, <coughs> and then uh, took Archer to see the Ninja Turtles movie on Sunday. Oh, how so was that? We both really enjoyed it. I've heard it's yeah, good. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Okay. Very, very different, obviously, but not different in a bad way. Just, you okay. know, fresh take. And I appreciate that. Mm. You know, I told him um, when we were leaving that uh, they need to have Casey Jones in the next one. Oh. And he's like, oh, yeah, they definitely need to have Casey Jones. Because he's seen the first movie from 1990 with me. Okay. Um, at least, at least, well, I think he's probably seen it twice with me. But it's mm. been more than a year ago, maybe two three plus years Mm. so but as soon as i said that he starts quoting a line from casey jones from the 1990 you know jim henson puppet uh you know uh, ninja turtles he's like god i hate punkers especially bald ones with green makeup i'm like oh my god i love you so much (laughs) oh my son wow i'm so proud of you fun fact ninja turtles fun fact that movie was the first movie i saw in the theater Oh, As such a, a good one. Ninja Turtles, yeah. Yeah, such a good one. It's good. It was good. <clears throat> so yeah, that was that was delightful. Um we uh went over a friend's house on Sunday, uh, took Archer swimming because Shannon was at another show. Um went swimming with him. Um we just had uh, BLTs for probably like uh ten people, um, which is great because I had a crap ton of tomatoes. Mm. So I brought probably a dozen tomatoes and they nice. used them all. So we got to finally get to use all my tomatoes. So, so far no tomato has gone to waste, which I appreciate. That's great. That's always good to hear. Um, I worked on Archer's costume, of course, working on that. I need to, you know, get some, uh, straps, like, you know, some, some nylon, you know, webbing and some buckles and stuff like that. I'm debating between just ordering a bunch of straps and buckles off Amazon or going to a dollar store and getting a bunch of like cheapo backpacks and pack backpacks and like ripping those apart. Cannibalizing them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But that seems Mm. more wasteful. I don't want to do that. I'm not going to. So I don't know. Mm. Got to work on that. That's the next step, though, is kind of okay. like strapping it all together or maybe painting it. I guess I should paint it first. Anyway, that's that's an ongoing I just, I just love process. your notes here. Your bullet point says, used up most of my tomatoes and went swimming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like, I love your, your notes. Yeah. You anyway. um, and then uh, I just wanted to share a moment that I had. So we shot some videos this week. Um, we did. Uh, on Monday. And uh, they're going to be awesome. So get excited. But oh, yeah. I was working down to the wire. So I, I was in the warehouse pulling products for those videos. And um, I had minutes until, you know, we actually needed to start filming. So I was a little stressed, just kind of panicking. You know, I, I don't, I waited till last minute because, you know, they're on the shelf. I don't want to have to take them offline. You know, just, they're just, I just want to borrow them for like 30 minutes and put them back. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I had my list and I'm checking off my list, writing things down for my list. And every time I move to one product, take it down and then write it down. It was like that, the, the stress of me searching and searching and searching and getting and getting hmm. just took a break as soon as I started writing with my fountain pen. And hmm. because you have to take your time, like yeah. I don't, I like, I, I unscrew the cap. It wasn't a quick draw pen. It was, hmm. it was, you know, a pilot and I Long unscrewed draw. the cap, you know, and it just, it gave me this serenity that broke up my little stress dressed panic, you know, darting back and forth around the warehouse hmm. that I so very much appreciated because hmm. it, it was, it was be, go get a product, write it down, go get a product, write it down. And every time it's like I, my stress was never allowed to reach a certain point because it was like a, like a, like a meter going into the red, but it would bounce 
it would go back down to the green yeah. every time I picked up my pen because it forces that. you to take your time mm. and be intentional. And it's like a grounding, just, like a grounding really, exercise. It, it really yeah. is. And I've noticed that, I noticed it then a lot. But then when I think about hmm. it, anytime I just stop and take a note yeah. at work, yeah. which can be stressful sometimes, but the fountain pen always just brings you back down a little bit. Mm. And I never really knew how much it affected me until <laughs> that moment. Huh. And then, so now I'm like, oh, of course it does. But in that moment, it was doing it a lot. You're just like very aware of it yeah. as it was happening. Because it was a very extreme example. Yeah. Because I was darting around like a yeah. crazy man. Yeah. And I was just in that moment very, very thankful for that. And very, mm. very thankful that I discovered them and that I'm applying mm. them to everyday life and mm. thankful for how they affect my anxiety level interesting ironically here you are running around grabbing fountain pens yeah off the shelf <laughs> the fountain pens are causing me stress both causing and relieving your stress <laughs> exactly Such a yin and yang kind of a situation right yeah but that's wow. pretty much what's been going on with me nice um so yeah i uh i definitely crashed after the dc show i gave everything i had to be there and i'm glad i did yeah but i was kind of a lump after that yeah and you then, didn't take a day off though until I later mean, in the week so i i didn't work officially on monday okay yeah. um you know i did i did check in and i worked and a half day things. on monday i was just beat yeah i was driving back home with my family in dc traffic which yeah. was its own work oh, terrible. you know and then we got home and there was laundry and the whole works because we had just been on like a family trip for five or six days or whatever it was so we had all that stuff to deal with and then you know we needed groceries and all this thing. so all the things of coming back from being out of town that's what we had so yes i technically didn't work but then we had somebody coming to visit us this is so we had we had a visitor you know a supplier of ours come before dc because you know they might be anywhere in the country so we had you know if ever there's an opportunity for them when they're around to visit us and get to see our stuff, cool. We try to do that, but it always gets crazy around the DC show because we're close enough to DC where people reach out and want to visit. So we had a visit before the show and after the show. So I was already like, okay. And then we're starting the work week and then we go right into a vendor visit. And I was like, okay. So that was a lot. And then, yeah. So I don't know. It took me a little bit to recover. It took me like most of last week to really kind of recover. Because, and like, you're kind of the same way. It was yeah. like, you came in and was like, oh, I need to take a half day today. And I was yeah. like, I totally understand. Yeah, you, you ended up taking one full day off. Yeah. And then I ended up taking like multiple half, half days. days. Yeah. 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 But, you know, it was it was great. It's totally worth it. But it's totally it's a lot, worth lot it. to cover from. Um, so, yeah. And then um, something, <laughs> something funny that happened. So um, I hadn't thought about this in a long time. But... Um, for whatever reason, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Homestar Runner. Of course. So we quote him regularly. Just, just, yeah. just yesterday, because we started calling our our youngest dog Felix, who's absolutely the most adorable one we have. Yeah. Uh, just to be ironic, we just started calling him Ugly. Um, okay. And then, of course, you know, there was a uh, Teen Girl Squad skit yes. where one of them is the ugly one. The, so so yeah. we just call him the ugly, the ugly one. Yeah. So Rachel and I have memories in college of Homestar Runner and being super into that. And oh, yeah. Strong bad emails. And oh, all yeah. That. I had not really thought about it. I definitely hadn't watched it probably since college mm-hmm. or maybe shortly thereafter. But for whatever reason, it came up and I was like, I don't know that my kids know these references at all. And it's like, I don't know how you feel, but like, 
as many streaming services as there, as there are now. Like my kids watch like the Garfield show and like the original Sonic the Hedgehog. Like they've seen a lot of the old shows that I watched as a kid, like the actual original ones. So like they're very familiar with a lot of like the things of my own childhood. But this was something that like both Rachel and I will throw things out from that every now and then. Mm-hmm. But my kids have no idea where it comes from. So I was just like, it's probably out there on YouTube or whatever. So I found a bunch of this and showed it to my kids and they freaking loved it. Yeah, we also do so yeah. good. That's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The system is down Yeah, in all these things. So just all these little references yeah. that I was like, I didn't realize how much Rachel, because Rachel and I have been together now for 22 years. So our references can go you, you, back yeah, away To several internet generations yes, of comedy. Exactly. Yeah. And so that was kind of cool, just like getting to show that to my kids. And like I'm having flashback nostalgia with Rachel while also making new memories, introducing my kids to it. And it was just like, this is after coming off of the show and everything. I was just like, oh, my gosh, there's we so many We did that things. recently with Archer. <laughs> we introduced him to Brack from Space Ghost, Coast to Coast. Okay. And uh, I don't think he thought he was, it was as funny as Shannon and I did. But sure, sure. He, he got a couple laughs. Well, that's it. what I expected, too. I was like, I hadn't seen Homestar Runner in a while. Yeah. And I was like... It's probably going to seem really dumb, and a lot of it is really. Oh yeah, but no dumber than what kids think some, is funny now, though. Right, but my kids thought a lot of the stuff was really funny. Yeah, so it's like they were legitimately like laughing and stuff. Yeah, so. yeah we've shown them Trogdor yeah. before. Yes, they loved that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Trogdor the Burninator. Burninator. <laughs> yeah, I think it's still going. I think they're still making Homestar Runner. That's it's awesome. been going for like a couple decades respect yeah that's absolute respect um yeah oh yeah i remember then what happened so we had the vendor visit thing on tuesday and then wednesday i had a full day off-site leadership planning like strategy session oh so so that's what killed you probably it was like and you took a day off after that 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 was what did you in i took the morning off on thursday because i just i had nothing left in the tank and then oh i thought you took the whole day no i just i just kind of my body told me i needed to take the morning off by making me fall gotcha. asleep on the couch okay um yeah so that happened but then this past weekend rachel and i celebrated our 17th wedding anniversary That's right congratulations yep. yep thank you very much so yeah we we were we were together for about five years before we got married mm-hmm. so we've been together 22 ish years almost 22 years and then um yeah, been married 17. So That's amazing. We like pulled out the wedding album and looked at the pictures with our kids. And now we're like, well, that person's dead and that person's dead and they're divorced and that, you know, it's like, gosh, kind of a lot's happened in the yeah. last 17 years. And we're like, oh, I really do look older than I did back then, way more than I remember I used to. Um, but then we went out to a nice dinner. Uh, we went to the mall, walked around, didn't find anything to buy. A short pump? Yeah. Yeah. We just went. No, you don't really buy anything there. Yeah. It's funny because like we had like a wedding memory because I think we'd gotten like a Crate and Barrel gift card from like a family member when we got got married. Crate and Barrel is always fun to look in, but you never get anything. We went in there and and Rachel and I are like wildly pragmatic, especially when it comes to home decor. The like Target birds are about the only thing that Rachel like kind of like will just buy like, you know, as decor. Most everything else is it's like we don't have really any style or design. Yeah, no, we were neither just, of us really care. I was just tell, telling you yesterday, how about my wife is a uh, cereal diva and won't buy off-brand cereal. And you're like, nah, man, bags like, of cereal yeah, all day Yeah, we were talking long. about how much cereal costs. And I was like, yeah, I just started buying generic. Or I <laughs> yeah. buy like the bag yeah. of like, uh, my kids joke, because it's like, we don't buy like Fruit Loops. It'll be like, you know, Tutti Fruities. 
or something like that. And all the like stupid off brand that, names. That's what I had growing up. But uh, no, I grew up with a lot of that too. My wife is very particular about her cereal because there's certain cereals. It matters a lot, but things like brand flakes, like Wheaties is like $7 a box. I'm sorry, but Wheaties is not worth seven dollars a no. box. There are cereal, cereals. If I can that, pay three dollars a box for, you know, yeah, no, brand it's flakes, all the same brand. like, brand like flakes? Rice Krispies, like they do not have to be right. brand. It's the same thing. Yeah. Now, like we've tried off-brand like um, Fruit Loops or like uh, Fruity Pebbles and stuff like that. Those taste weird. Oh, okay. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, the base wildly stuff. pragmatic. Wildly pragmatic. Target. No, uh, Cream Barrel. Yeah. So we had a memory of when we had a gift card after we'd gotten married. And we went to Crate and Barrel like three or four times. Like, what can we get? A spoon? We could not find anything <laughs> right. that we would want to buy. Right. Not that the stuff isn't nice or nice looking or whatever, oh, but man. we're just like, like we've gone to like Pier 1 before and we're just like, what is all this? You basically need to buy an or entire like, room's worth of stuff at yeah. Pier 1 to make it worth it. You can't just and get I'm one like, thing. Who's buying like giant wicker balls? And stuff like that. I'm like, this doesn't, I don't even, it doesn't even compute oh, in that, my that's, head. That's us all the time. Whenever we go, we go into, you know, there's Pier 1, there's um, uh, that other, there's places like Pier 1. We go in there and Shannon's like, oh, look at these. I'm like, it's a bowl of balls. Why right. do you, why? Why? Exactly. Oh, look at this lantern. I'm like, it's not, it's it's just a, a fake lantern with, what are you going to do? What's the decoration? Yeah. I'm like, why? Why? Like, yeah. I am like. It's got a vase of marbles. I rain on her parade so hard and I feel bad for it. But I'm like. Come on. But she like kind of gets it and is like into it a little bit. Like, oh, she's know, she's super into it. Yeah. You know Rachel. She oh, she no, does not Rachel, pull punches. No, no, no. She, she she's not, not interested. In it. So it's it's actually really fun. Like when her and I try to go. Decor she'll like doing like mystery science theater three thousand, but at home decor stores. Pretty much. Nice. Yeah. Or we'll like be like, okay, let's go look at you know. Whatever. Let's go criticize Crate and Barrel. <laughs> we'll, no, we'll like go there on a mission. Like, okay, we we like we even had gift card money, which we didn't have a lot of money at that time. So I was like, all right, we have some money. I think we ended up buying cutting board. We ended up buying Christmas ornaments at Crate and Barrel. At Crate and Barrel, that's amazing. Because well, partly is because like I think we had like fifty or hundred dollars. So it's like, what can you buy? A couple of glasses. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was like, okay, we 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 definitely weren't going to spend more than the gift card. So we got like these really. Yeah, they were nice looking Christmas ornaments. It was like a pine cone covered in glitter or something. Like it was whatever. We still have it. A we pine cone co- covered in glitter? You mean like like a kid's kindergarten? No, it was craft? like a really nice. It was like a very nice <laughs> looking pine cone. I don't I'm know. I'm just picturing a pine cone like with, you know, because they, they, kids no, make no, no, those. No, it wasn't a real pine cone. It was oh, okay. like a, a fake one. Whatever. Okay. But it's it a very nice. Covered in bird seed hanging from a tree. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like I could have made that. But. <laughs> And whatever. Um, so yeah, that was fun. And then we uh, we got some gelato, which was nice. Nice. And they had lavender flavor, which is gelati Celeste. Rachel's flavor. No, it was a place Frost, which is like in the mall. Oh, I haven't tried so that one. That. Yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, nice. Gelati Celeste is not actually gelato; it's just ice cream. Didn't know if you knew that. No. Yep. Interesting. Gelati. The name makes it sound like gelato. It does. It's, not. it's ice cream. I guess I, I don't. I guess I couldn't. I gelato probably... is different somehow. I, don't I think know, one's I made how, with milk different. and one's made with cream. Yeah. I don't know. Sure. I wouldn't. But, I probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Anyway, lavender is a hard flavor. She likes lavender and she likes bubblegum ice cream. Mm-hmm. Both of those are really hard to find and highly seasonal and all that. So they had both lavender oh. and bubblegum. Oh, my there. God. So she got the lavender and I didn't, you know, I didn't really want all that much. So I got, I got like my, fl- I think I got like the chocolate hazelnut, which is like, mm. 
it's basically like Nutella flavored, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, can you like throw a little bubble gum on there? Which is a weird combination. Oh yeah. But I wanted to get a little bit of bubble gum for her. That's nice you of know? you. So I Aww. dealt with the weirdness of it so that we could have some of that. But then it ended up being too much and we kind of overate, but yeah. it was great. There's Good one memories. Of, every, every uh, Gelati Celeste has a spicy hot chocolate every uh, Ooh, holiday okay. season. And that flavor got me putting cayenne in my hot chocolate. Okay. Forever. Like I will never have hot chocolate. Like actual hot chocolate or spicy hot chocolate ice cream? Or do they have like actual? Oh, ice cream. Spicy hot chocolate flavored ice cream. Ice cream, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, but that flavor, I loved it so much, I started mm. putting cayenne in my hot chocolate. And Dang. it's amazing. Nice. One time, though, they had this ice cream place called Maggie Moo's, also over Shore Pump. Okay. They had buttered popcorn flavored ice cream, and it was so good. Is that good? It was amazing. And I haven't found mm. it since. They shut down, and it's been gone. I never had it, never had it again. I'm surprised buttered popcorn didn't, like, keep them in business. I guess that's... Not everybody's as into buttered popcorn as you are, Drew, maybe. It's such a shame. Anyway. Cool. Well, there you go. That was... You're now current on everything that we have You going now on. know what is happening. That's right. A um, couple of quick company updates, and then we'll wrap it up with a fun fact Ooh. about teal and turquoise. Oh. So hang tight. Company updates real quick. We have a mental health half day today as of when this is publishing on Friday. Oh. Yeah. What am I going to do? Archers, archers at home. So going home uh-huh. would mean... Being, having Archer, yeah, which you could. Sometimes he's stress free. Sometimes he's not. I don't mm. know. Sometimes he's mentally healthy. Sometimes he's not. <laughs> yeah, like most children, I think. Yeah. So you know what I'm. You know what I'm, maybe I need to go buy a new video game, mm. like a cheap one, like a cheap used yeah, game, yeah, like like, yeah. like a seven dollar video game. Okay, maybe that's what I'll do. All right, give it some thought. Or maybe I go buy some dollar backpacks. Hey, there you go. <laughs> go. Carve up some backpacks. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna do either. I will have to. I need. I have a Gundam that. that I need to put together. Maybe I'll do that. Mm. Nice Zen. I bought some clippers. Okay. Some flush cutters, you know. Nice. For the, you know what I should work on? That's what I'll do. I should work on that bench that I haven't finished. <gasps> yeah. That or big, that pen that display that you're working on. I'm also working on a pen display. Yeah. I have multi-project syndrome going on mm. right now. Like I haven't finished one project. You Actually, could, I have another project You could project attach too. the pens to a bench. I have another project that, too that I'm also in the middle of. Oh, it's getting bad. Uh-oh. I'm, so you know how I built the ramp for the RC, RC car? yeah. Well, the ramp is like, it was kind of a, prototype temporary ramp yeah but and it's like it's not it's not something that's like sturdy enough for me to like leave outdoors yeah it's worth like painting and kind of protecting but it's kind of big and i don't like having to store it in my shed mm-hmm. so i was like let me just build a better version of it that is a lot of like pressure treated lumber that i can paint and leave outside and then just never have to bring it inside i'm nice. sure rachel will love that oh yeah absolutely. along with the hay bales and the axe you know <laughs> thing and everything um, so yeah. Anyway, maybe I'll maybe I'll work on one of those. You three know what? Projects. Though you've joked before about how you're becoming like super redneck. There will always be in your neighborhood a reminder that you're not as country as you oh, could yes. be. One of my neighbors has a dirt bike track, a chicken coop. <laughs> yep. And yeah, many dogs and, and yeah. skeet shooting and skeet shooting and above ground pool. Yeah. Like it's like checking all the all yeah. the boxes, you know. Yeah. But you know, that's what you that's what you get when you live in the country. Yeah, yeah. But anyway. Um, and then also, this is not super relevant to most people, but I mentioned a few weeks ago how we changed our phone system. Well, it sucked, and we're changing it back. So <laughs> I think that's happened now. But if you had problems with our phones, I'm sorry. We got promised things that didn't actually end up working as they were promised. So we bailed on that and are now using, I think it's the same phone system we had before. Maybe we were shopping around. but I believe yeah. it's the same phone system as before, we before. but we will continue but to shop can, around. Yes, exactly. We weren't super thrilled with that one anyway, right. but whatever. 
that's all inside baseball. You don't care about any of that, but whatever, it happened. All right, time to wrap it up. Well, I want to thank you all so much for watching. Please leave us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Ask us questions so that we can keep this show going. Um, check out gulaypens.com for fountain pen ink paper needs. Like and subscribe to YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, all these things. And my random fact yeah, got me thinking because whenever teal comes up, I'm always like, what is teal actually in turquoise? And where is that fine line? I've covered all of this, but go on. So I looked it up. So teal is a greenish blue color or bluish green, depending on how you want to find it. Um, it actually comes from the name of a bird, the Eurasian teal huh. or the Anas Kreka. That's what I, okay, see, I, so I now, know it as Now the Anas you Kreka. know what I'm talking yeah, about. Exactly. So um, it presents a similarly colored stripe on its head, like its head feathers. Mm. So you can see there, I got a little picture. That's the teal. That's the, comes named after the bird, his feathers on his head. That looks green. Well, it's teal. Maybe right. it's not the most color accurate picture. Okay. But what's funny is in, in Googling teal versus turquoise, the main definition that I found was that um, they're both like blue-green colors. Um, teal is usually considered the darker and more green mm -hmm. color. Turquoise is the brighter and more blue. But I also found people saying the exact opposite. Oh, my God. So I was like, that's not helpful. <laughs> when like specifically explaining it in their articles that's the total contradiction i'm like no wonder people always get confused and this is exactly thing. what i found because when i when i first started making that video mm -hmm. i set out to do it seriously right but i found so much so many conflicting, conflicting yeah. stuff on the internet i'm like screw it this is gonna be a bunch of malarkey yeah well this is where i was like okay there's a bird with a pretty green looking feather thing and then turquoise is commonly named after the gemstone turquoise which is lighter blue which can lean it can lean green sometimes but most of them tend to be more blue yeah and so i was like okay you know bird feather head color <laughs> and gemstone yes. and i have them both right next to each other here i'm like okay definitely green blue all right let's go with that i'm on track there's no like fine line well also if you look at like the hex codes like like a pantone color for like what's teal and what's turquoise it's definitely like teal is more green turquoise is more blue that's what i pretty definitive thought, yeah. so that's why i was reading some of these articles of like that said the opposite i'm like you don't have it correct that seems wrong based on everything i've been doing anyway so i just got fun didn't know it was named after a bird the bird's name is teal that's where the color comes there's from there's also there's also Thalo, there's Adriatic, mm. there's Cobalt. Oh my gosh, there's so many. Oh yeah, there's Aqua. So many colors. Yeah. Rachel wants is considering repainting our bedroom. And we're going through this right now mm. with different shades of blue, actually. Lighter lighter blues. Maybe like nice. a pastel-y blue, kind of maybe purple, something like that. There we go. Because right now our bedroom is goulet blue. This is before we have our current space. Mm -hmm. It is literally like the same color as like the background in my office. That's that's your that's what that. we wake up to every morning. I love that color, <laughs> but it is kind of dark. You don't want to wake you know up I mean? to your you don't want to wake up to the same paint that's in your office though. That's a weird vibe. I mean, I don't really think about it that much. No. Like I notice the color, but I'm just you know, not that aware of my surroundings. Oh, I, I can understand that. Yeah. Anyway, that's what we got for you this week. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for watching and right on.